again and welcome to episode 75 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, I had a sort of scary moment going to work Saturday morning at my other job. I go to work very early in the morning. I'm supposed to be there at 4 a.m. I don't usually get there at that time, don't tell anybody, but I... You know, sometimes I'm running a little late. That's a tough yeah. that's a tough call, but you know, you and I, I don't think we live in we don't live in the nicest neighborhoods, but we certainly don't live in the slums. Right. I mean, I don't so I've never really had a scary like encounter. Yeah. Like in my own neighborhood. So I'm driving up my neighborhood drive and I see like a utility van that's usually parked at this house and it's he just parked in his yard for some reason and he left his utility light on. And so that kind of caught my attention. And so my attention was already kind of diverted to the left side of the road as I'm going down the road. I come over this hill to an intersection, and there's a dude walking through yards in dark clothing. And when he sees my headlights, he goes and hides behind a tree. <laughs> and I, like, stopped in the middle of the road, and I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. Do I just sit here and, like, watch him and see yeah. where he goes while I call the police? Yeah. Or, like, I better – but then I thought, I better just go ahead and drive to the next street over and call the police because, like, if I'm just sitting here, he can see what I'm doing and, like, right. if he has, like, a weapon or whatever. But we have a lot of car break-ins and stuff. Like, that's usually what it is, is people leaving – people leave their, like, car doors unlocked and stuff. Yeah. And so – it's usually just a crime of opportunity, and it happens more towards that side of the neighborhood. But I've never actually, like, seen somebody that I probably was probably looking to do that. Like, it yeah. was just crazy. So that's and then, crazy. And then this number to the police department, which I've had memorized for years, the non-emergency number. I couldn't remember it when I needed to, and oh. so like I'm sitting there like looking through my phone, and like I finally remembered it, and I called it in, and then I went back to look for the guy, and he was gone. So, I mean, I wasn't going to do anything even if I found him. I was just going to say, like, call back and say, oh, well, he's at this address now or whatever. But, yeah, spooky stuff. And it happened the day after Friday the 13th. So I think I was already a little spooked because I watched some of those old movies, even though they're not scary. Some of the old Jason movies? Yeah. yeah. But, so I was already in the mindset. Like, I was already. You're walking out to your car at 4 a.m. You're like, oh, shit. Jason's yeah. going to get me. Yeah, like, I'm already. Those movies don't really scare me or anything, but it's just maybe I was already like triggered, like, yeah. and so yeah, that was a really spooky encounter. So, well, you know what? I might have to trade you in then for a man who is not scared of anything. For a man who is in the fourth grade, and his name is Nicholas. Nicholas is my hero. He is my hero too. If you mess with Nicholas, you're going to get these hands. You're going to get his hands. Let's talk about it. WrestleMania 34. Last week's podcast was recorded right before it happened. And now we're recording it a week later, so we're a little bit behind on this, but that's how it goes. And I didn't actually publish uh, last week's podcast until yesterday because I had a crazy week and uh, getting it edited and sent out. But uh, this one will probably come out super early because I'm going out of town on Wednesday. So if I don't get it out on Tuesday, it might be a Wh super Where long. are you going out of town? Going to New York City. New York City? The Big Apple. I have free tickets to go see, like, Stephen Colbert's show and, like, Seth Meyers' show. We typically go to Puerto Rico this time of year, but thanks to Hurricane Hurricane Maria pretty much uh, canceled those plans for this year. So True. Instead of going to a beach, just go to a big city because that's something that I typically don't do. I'm, I'm more of a beachgoer. Even though I don't have a beach body, I don't, I don't do well in the sun. 
Uh, but for some reason, I always go to beaches, so I never go to big cities. But WrestleMania 34 took place in a big city, New Orleans, the Big Easy. Yeah. And it happened, the seven-plus hours happened last week. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. How is it that a four-hour wrestling show, show turns into five-and-a-half hours? Because that's literally, I think it was, what, ten minutes shy of five-and-a-half hours? Oh, yeah, I mean... It was like 5.15 or 5.20. At least. Not counting the pre-show. And you know what? This year, they didn't even have a lot of filler in it. They no. didn't have a, a musical performance. No. They didn't have any backstage like segments. We didn't get a Kid Rock anything. Yeah, Kid, by the way, that really kind of offends me. I put you in my Hall of Fame. I play your song. Your song is the anthem of WrestleMania. Yeah. And you can't even stay for the event? You, oh, I can show up Friday, but Sunday? Sorry, guys. I'm busy. Sunday. That's just downright offensive to me. Like, yeah. But other celebrities have stuck around in the past. Like, Drew Carey stuck around. Arnold stuck around. Uh, Pete Rose, all those guys stuck yeah. around. Yeah. They probably had better places to be. Right. And that's one reason I think we didn't get Biker Taker is because Kid Rock wasn't available. I think that's really one reason. I really think that's it. Yeah, I agree. And then they had to – we'll get into it. So the WrestleMania pre-show. Now, the pre-show, I have to say, is probably one of the most annoying parts of this whole thing because – If you miss the pre-show nowadays, you miss half the fucking event. Well, you miss three matches, but it takes two hours to run three matches. I mean, that's how much filler is in that pre-show. Like, yeah. the first 30 minutes of the pre-show featured nothing but panelists and, you know, promo pieces, which they would rerun in WrestleMania. Right. So you don't need to watch that. But then we get to the first match on the card, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which they wasted. Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler on the pre-show to call this match. Jim Ross, like one of the greatest of all time. No, you can't be on the main card, JR. You'll yeah. call this meaningless battle royal where yeah. you just say such and such has been eliminated. And we had Matt Hardy last eliminating Baron Corbin, a former winner of the Andre the Giant battle royal. This thing really launches your career because you're just right back in it the next year going nowhere. It launched him all the way to an intercontinental title Match, not necessarily a run, but he, a match. He was a Money in the Bank winner yeah. who tried to cash in and failed in spectacular fashion, and now he's, he's that, here. He's on, that, he's on that plane ride going down. So, Well, the thing is... Can he pull the joystick back up and save the career, or is he going to be the next Dolph Ziggler? Well, I think the problem with Baron Corbin is that his look is so similar to Aleister Black, who's in NXT, the NXT champion. Yeah. And Aleister Black is way more talented. The former... Former name Tommy End, much more talented than Baron Corbin. Yeah. And they have almost the exact same kind of look. Long hair, tattoos, like gothic type looks. Yeah. So when this guy gets put on the main roster, I think Baron's got a big identity problem. I mean, maybe if he shaves that head. I mean, the hair's going. So maybe a bald Baron Corbin can come back as a new character or something, but... All those guys in the Battle Royal, there was, I mean, even Matt Hardy, I'm like, really? This is broken Matt Hardy. The thing you fought so hard to get the, these rights to. You wanted this character so bad. We, as wrestling fans, were clamoring, when is it going to happen? We finally get it? Just throw him in the Battle Royal. Just throw him in there. Yeah. Oh, and you know that, that you know. The like, whole feud that yeah, you Yeah, six-month feud? Yeah. They're friends now. Yeah. 
Tag oh. partners. Yeah, tag partners. The Lake of Rejuvenation at the Hardy Compound apparently brought Bray Wyatt back as a happy person. That's all it did. No change in the look, other than now he has like, almost looks like he has an apron on. Yeah. But kind of a flat, to me, just a flat payoff for the entire, I mean, broken Matt Hardy saga in WWE thus far. Well, it makes me wonder what are they going to do with Jeff? Or is Jeff... Singles run. Really? You think he'll have a singles run? Uh, definitely. I in the superstar shakeup this Monday and Tuesday, I believe that the Hardys will be separated, which is why on on Raw they had that brief encounter where they saw each other and that he called him Brother Nero because I just I think that they'll be separated. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal went fifteen forty five. Andre in the news also because his his biography came out. Andre the Giant's biopic on HBO came out, and we'll talk about that later. I'm going to stay on WrestleMania right now. But then we had the Cruiserweight Championship match, the tournament final, between Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali, which I thought this match was good. It didn't get enough time is my only complaint. And I also don't didn't like the blatant storytelling when they were yelling at each See, other. See, that's the thing. I got You say it was good. I thought it was bad because there was so much blatant storytelling. There was so much of them. You know what? Heart! Yeah. Soul! Yeah. Yeah, it was so over the top corny that I just I it took away from the match. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, that part really annoyed me, but I thought the actual in-ring the action was fine. I thought everything about the match was fine. It was But I mean, on this pre-show, this pre-show's 2 hours long and you can only give them 12 minutes or What whatever. I'm saying is, here's what I'm getting at. This is both of your first WrestleManias, okay? This is your debut at a WrestleMania. This is Mustafa your chance. Mustafa Ali's entrance was cool, though, with his LED like, oh, yeah. Sub-Zero mask and that laser gun hand thing. Yeah. That was cool. But what I'm getting at is, is here it is. You've got this opportunity. You've got this great chance. Go out there, tear the house down. Don't blow it by doing this corny bullshit that they were doing. And that's what I've, my personal opinion, they blew it. Well, yeah, I think that the story didn't need, they didn't need to verbally say. Right. Oh, you're the heart, and you're you need to say that through your actions yeah. in the ring, yeah, or whatever. It, it just to me, it took it away tremendously. It took so much away from. It was just annoying. Yeah. I I found that part to be rather annoying. Uh, we had Cedric Alexander win the match, and as the new cruiserweight champion, uh, we'll see how Two Hundred Five Live goes from here, and uh, if Neville ever comes back to the company, that still hasn't ever been resolved. So we'll we'll see. What lies ahead for 205 Live. Then, of course, we have the women's battle royal. It was only 20 women in this battle royal compared Mm -hmm. to the 30 for the men, which is odd that they couldn't find. They have 30 women on the roster, but I guess some of them were involved in the main card. So you had some. They pulled some from NXT, but not not all of them. They pulled a swerve on all of us is what they pulled. Oh, yes. The ending to this match I did not like. I was so fucking thrilled to see Bailey win this thing. I'm not that I actually popped for well, it. Well, considering her career has been on a downward spiral. I I popped for it because she turned on Sasha finally and threw her out and I was like, "Hell yeah, this is awesome." Like we finally have a heel turn and it's going to mean something. It's going to rocket her back up to some sort of a a, a I don't main think it, level. I don't think it was necessarily a heel turn. I think Sasha's the one that's becoming the heel. This was her finally standing up for herself. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. and so I actually got excited about it. 
the fucking Naomi. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, we failed to mention Naomi's just been sitting over here on the side and false finish. Sort of like that Royal Rumble a few years ago that Roman Reigns uh, won where it was like Rusev had been sitting on the sidelines and like, so we thought the match was over and then all of a sudden Rusev gets in the ring. Well, at that point in time, I actually want Rusev to win. Well, yeah, yeah, but (laughs) so yeah, a, a weird ending would be the first of a few, I feel, weird booking, some weird booking decisions on this card. Oh, this card was screwed all to hell. I just, it was weird. It was screwed all to hell. I have a lot to say about each match in regards to this, so we're going to spend quite a bit of time on WrestleMania. Well, yeah, I mean, in the Raw I picked, there's not much to really say. But there's, uh, so yes, Naomi brings her glow to, to New Orleans and wins the... Battle Royal, the prestigious trophy of a, it looks like a bikini bottom. It's a I'm terrible. glad you said that because I think it is. I, I agree. Isn't Complete. that what it's supposed I, to be? I don't know. I really don't know. It's an ugly trophy. I'm sorry. I don't. At least Andre's trophy looked kind of cool. Opening match on the main card, the triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship, and everybody in this match got a cool entrance. Yeah. Seth Rollins had a Game of Thrones entrance, and he wore these blue contact lenses that I thought... Dude, that was freaking me out. I thought, to me, I was like, that's stupid because those might be difficult to wrestle in. Like, yeah. I've, I've worn those lenses before, those, like, eye-color-changing things. Like, I think mine turned my eyes yellow, like I was in, like, the Thriller music video or something, and... Like, if they're not properly, like, they don't fit as well as regular contacts. If they're not spot on, like, you can't really see out of them that well from what I've been told. Yeah. I don't wear glasses or contacts. So yes, I'm you're lucky. Sure. You have perfect vision. Congratulations. I'm perfect. Braggard. I'm perfect in every way. Then we had the Miz get a, get a big entrance. Computer-generated graphic entrance, which they would be trying out throughout the night where, in the Miz's case, it said all his great attributes like Rolling Stone Wrestler of the Year, Hot Wife. And all these attributes would pop up on the screen, but the live crowd didn't get to see any of that unless it was, they were looking at the screen. And the Mistrage comes out with him, and you think, well... He's going to send him back. But why would he send him back? I don't know. Because he wants to prove on his own, you know. He, he has a daughter at home that he needs to prove something But that's to. a face-like thing to do. That the, is. The Miz... The Miz is getting just ready. Just by having a baby becomes a baby face? I really think so. That's I, so weird. The Miz is getting ready. They're getting behind him, too, then. They're getting behind him. I really think the Miz is he's he's nudged himself back up into that into that A plus role. Well, now that Daniel Bryan is cleared, they can finally get to that match. So he's got at least one big program that is coming up. And then Finn Balor had the LGBT community in his new shirt. No demon entrance though, no. which he lost on Raw. So I kind of thought he needs to channel the demon. This was his WrestleMania debut, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I agree. I, I want. I wanted the huge demon entrance. I agree. I was trying to understand what the whole. I'm glad you you specified that because I wasn't sure what the whole rainbow color technicolor thing was. Yes, he's got a shirt that it goes. The proceeds go to some sort of charity, and so that's why he was wearing that gear. And WWE had not actually specified that, or if they did, I missed. Oh it. yeah, yeah. That's so. why he had the rainbow bright socks on or whatever yeah, so i guess finn is saving that demon entrance for when he actually has like a title match at mania he's saving it for the big match him and taker we're going to talk about it but i would have much rather saw that over fucking him and cena however i love the way that it went down well 
We'll get into that in a minute, yes. By the way, John Cena was shown. He did buy a ticket. He was in the crowd for all the pre-show. He was drinking. He was not. He had him an alcoholic beverage. Which I don't think he took a sip of. He I did. That, on, on, on camera. But he had to hide it with his hand. I think he just, that was a prop. Or it was like something that looked like beer, but I don't. I, I want to know this woman that was sitting next to him that was freaking out because she was sitting beside John Cena the whole night. I thought that was what I thought was weird about his seat was that in front of him they had cleared out so much space. Like I thought they sacrificed so many. Oh, they sacrificed seats. thousands upon thousands of dollars strictly to have this space. This open corner for him. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he was still with the people, but like in front of him was nothing. Yeah. And it was like six feet to the guardrail. Like yeah. you could pack them in there. You but could. No. You, yeah. You could have easily put six or seven more seats in there yes and so the triple threat intercontinental title match we had seth rollins defeat the miz and finn balor with the curb stomp you were right i had i had finn you had miz i said seth rollins is probably gonna win yeah well now they're all grand slam champions even though this term doesn't mean that much anymore shit anymore when there's so many belts I think you and I are close to being Grand Slam champions. I am a Grand Slam champion. So, yes, Seth Rollins is now the Intercontinental Champion, which does, I think, mean, yes, that they're probably moving Miz up into a main event role, probably on SmackDown. I see him being shipped back. Yeah, I see him jumping over, too. Yes, the IC title match, I thought this match was really good. I thought oh, I did an too. opening match, like, this was excellent. And I thought, we're off to a good start here, guys. Yeah. This was fine. Yeah. It really didn't matter who won. No one looked bad. Everyone looked good in the match. Losing in a triple threat isn't like losing in a singles match. It isn't like losing in an Iron Man match. So, you know, it's just... It uh, was, I, I thought it was done tremendously well with the build-up for the finish. You know, you got the... You know, Miz is going for the uh, skull crushing skull finale. crushing finale, which then turns into Balor hitting the uh, coup de gras. Which then, as he's just standing up to crawl over to pin him, he gets the curb stomp one two three. I, I thought that was tremendous. And then we had your favorite entrance of the night: Charlotte Flair defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against the undefeated Oscar. It was an awesome entrance. Let's let's. I want to spend time on this for a second. The light, the glow behind her, and Flair's music. I literally texted you while you were at work and said, "Oh my God, it's Starcade '83 all over again." Yeah, and I texted and responded to you. I said, "No, it's Triple H at that WrestleMania that she was the guard at, at. WrestleMania 30, right? Yeah, but I, and I get that, but I'm talking about just with her and the glow of the light with Flair's music. Yeah, so they combined two great. It entrances. literally, it literally gave me chills because I was like, "Holy shit!" It is Flair Starcade '83, him and Harley Race. Like and it was this, the old Space Odyssey. Thing, oh my yeah. god! It made me think, like, you know, she always says over and over again that Sasha Banks is is. The equivalent of Ricky Steamboat to her dad's career, and I was like, I can see where they're going with this. Now, Oscar is like the equivalent of Harley Race to Rick's, you know, Rick's career. Like, I, I got, I kind of got the subliminal message that was entailed in that, and it was just so cool, man. It was, I really actually liked it a lot. Yeah. Now. Asuka's entrance, she got more of the computer graphics details with all the funky masks. But outside of that, it was a pretty standard Asuka entrance. Yeah. She had a cool 
Mardi Gras themed mask, but outside of that, it was pretty standard. The match was excellent. My problem is with the finish, and I do enjoy Charlotte. I think she's great. They can't go wrong either way, but I think that they robbed themselves of money by having Charlotte beat Oscar in no. the streak. No. Well, and here's why: because what happened to Goldberg when the streak got so big, and he finally lost. He didn't mean shit to anybody. Well, you, but you the, that have, was in the way that he lost, though. You can't have Oscar get to that point. I think it was, it was time, or, or already getting extremely close to time, to pull the trigger before her career strictly became nothing but a streak type career, and because you don't want to lump her into that situation. She is a very talented athlete. I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from her, but she doesn't need to be lumped into. I'm not believable that she can run through the entire fucking roster. It was getting to the point where she had to lose. Yeah, but you've blown your opportunity for the undefeated versus the undefeated with Ronda next year. You've blown that match now. You've just cost yourself that I really, match. I don't want to see her and Ronda. Why? I want to see her and Charlotte. Well, okay. I mean, they felt the same way, obviously, too, because that seems to be what they're building to. But I just think that with the... Uh, with the streak still intact uh, for both, because Ronda is not going to lose anytime soon. No, well, and the reason I don't want—I want to specify the reason I don't want to see her, and, her, and Oscar, Ronda and Oscar is because so different styles that I just don't consider it to be an entertaining match. I don't. Oscar's style is more similar to Ronda Rousey's style than Charlotte. Charlotte is a pro wrestler, a gymnast. Yeah, but we're working. We're we're working. You're talking about a judo expert in Ronda Rousey and someone that works strong style like Oscar. Uh, they but have a much more similar. style. I get that. I really do. And for a sma- or for a SummerSlam match, that'd work. Not a WrestleMania match. Oh, that's silly. You're no. just silly. No, you're I'm just not. Such a, you're such a fucking flare mark no, that I'm you not. can't. I swear to God, I'm not. I'm just telling the God's honest truth. I don't think it would work and be a good WrestleMania match. Now, for a filler, like what we're about to get with Lashley, it's awesome. It'd be great for a SummerSlam. It'd be great for a Survivor Series, something like that. But it is not not a WrestleMania-caliber match. Uh, I don't think it is. I just think you're crazy. I, I, I really do. I'm sorry. Yes, it's... It absolutely is if, yeah, if the streak was intact. I mean, now, yes, I mean, now Charlotte has established herself, well, until Tuesday, well, um, when she lost the belt, which is odd booking decision here, too, which makes me question the, the, it makes me question the decision on WrestleMania even more when they had Carmilla cash in on Tuesday, because. I love that, by the way. I, I it, just, adds, it adds so much more. This is the very first women's money in the bank. It added so much more that because you can't have the first one try to cash in and lose. Well, and I you, know. you definitely can't have a cash in be the way that you screw uh, screw. Uh, I think she should have done it at Mania. Well, I'm, I'm just saying it, you but. can't have a, a cash in screw Oscar's uh, streak either. So right, Oscar yeah. had to lose at Mania. I don't think so. I just, I don't... So you would rather her win, be still undefeated, and that loss go against a cash-in? No, I think... I don't think it mattered if Carmella ultimately... Carmella had to cash-in and win. She could get traded to Raw and cash-in against whoever the Raw champion was. 
I just don't think it, and I don't think I don't think she had to be successful cashing. It would have been detrimental to her career, I think, to not. To, I agree. To not, I think anyone who has the briefcase and has a failure on it that isn't someone that's already established, like when John Cena tried to cash in once or twice, like he's failed. Yeah, but he's already at such a level where it. Well, it's like Damian Sandow when he cashed in, right. he went to shit because he lost because he failed. Yeah, yeah. So I do think I agree that that it, it would be very detrimental to her, but I think that you can you can still do it. I mean, yeah. you can. And she could always go to Raw and cash in on the Raw person. So I just, this, I mean, I don't, I thought the match was great. I thought the aftermatch, the respect spot was great. I, this is where the show would take a step back as we would have our first match that I had no interest in seeing and didn't care about the outcome. And clearly the company didn't care about this match or the outcome because it's a U.S. title fatal four-way. Another multi-man match. A lot of multi-man matches on this card. We have Jinder Mahal taking on Randy Orton and Bobby Roode. And Rusev, Randy Orton was the champion heading in. Rusev came out with Aiden English, who had specialty tights made and cut his hair between the Battle Royal and this match. He was in the Battle Royal. He had hair. Yes. But then he came out as bald with little sunglasses. He totally changed his look and his tights yes. to be airbrushed one side Rusev, one side Aiden English, and he sang us into Rusev Day. And, of course, Jinder Mahal came out with Sunil Singh, who just said, welcome the modern-day Maharaja. So you have a contrast in announcer managers. <laughs> I think uh, Aiden English is much better. Uh, but... This match stunk it up, boys. There's no way around it. I kind of it was bad, and I kind of hate that they're wasting. I mean, Rusev, Rusev, and the Singh brothers on you know one of them who's out out hurt, but you know the other were wasting him by having. I don't want him getting lumped into that that whole. All you are good for is is to be my ring announcer. Like I don't. Who's that? The Singh brother. Oh, okay. I don't want them getting lumped into that. I feel like they are talented athletes that could be great. Yeah, the Bollywood boys, they're a great cruiserweight tag team. And if they start that cruiserweight tag team belt like it's been rumored for, then I can definitely see them, yeah. I don't want back. I don't want them getting lumped into being just like Ricardo Rodriguez. Rick, exactly. Where but all you fucking You're are, a punching bag. Yeah. All you are good for is to get your ass kicked and introduce me and tell speak when I say speak and tell people when I win and I'm coming to the ring. Like, I don't, uh, I hate that. Also, I just think they've done a terrible job with Bobby Roode. Here, this guy's gimmick is oh my God, glorious yeah. and he has a basic entrance at WrestleMania and just his character over the last year. We know nothing How about How is it that this man. This man is coming from NXT as one of the highest regarded people stepping up into the main roster. And from all his years in TNA. And from all his years in TNA. You can even cut that. I'm just saying his magnificent run that he had in NXT steps up. Okay. Is in the main event of Survivor Series. Does a magnificent job of like going to the finals of the survivor series one of the finals you know like the final two or final three something like that and within we're talking about literally from november to april 
He is working what I consider a throwaway match because it was that bad. That's a downward spiral if there ever was one. Well, the king of the downward spiral <laughs> featured heavily in my review this week, Dolph Ziggler. Okay. Oh, yeah. Consider what he did. He won the U.S. belt, but then he vacated it. Yeah. He said, fuck this belt. Yeah. I want a main event WrestleMania. He ended up in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal instead. So he basically screwed himself. Screwed himself over. Yeah. And so then you have this belt that, because he just dropped it in the ring, takes its value away. They have a U.S. tournament. They have a tournament to crown a new champion. You know, Bobby Roode gets a hold of it, but now it just feels like it means shit. And I mean, this belt and the IC belt at various times, you know, they lose meaning. And right now is a time when this belt doesn't mean anything. Right. And, and the IC and you which, can see the which, difference between it and the IC title because the Miz, just like Jeff Jarrett said or whoever said like Miz, you're doing a great job with the IC belt. Yeah, like Jeff it, did. Yeah, Jeff. He's like, you know, he specified in his Hall of Fame speech. You make it matter. You, you make it matter, which is what in the new gen era they were trying to do was make that, you know, with him and Sean and Scott Hall and you know, they tried they they weren't pushing that main event, you know, world title run but they were making that intercontinental title run or that those matches they made it feel like something worth fighting it was you're right and miz where it had it had gotten away from that miz had turned it into that all over again like hey intercontinental champ it means a lot to me it's the shit like yeah yeah if you're if you it's almost like if you're gonna back in the day when you you were gonna feud with with hogan you had to first feud with jake the snake roberts that built you up, then they moved you into the main event role. It's almost now in, in that kind of term. It's a gatekeeper. Uh, yeah. yeah. You have a good run with the IC title or you have a good match with the IC title, it's going to push you into into the main event role. That is your stepping stone. That is your chance. It's not a, well, I'm finally going to get there. It's it's that it's that tier step that you have to take, and you either you either crush it or you fall off of it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, because they're not going to give you a main event role and see, oh, well, he may bomb, he may not. Because, I'm sorry, they're still behind, no matter what they fucking say, they're still behind Roman Reigns, and they're still they're not well, yeah. going to remotely in any way jeopardize that by putting some shitty person in there with him that makes him look shitty too. With the highly scripted promos and stuff, when you have one of these mid-card belts, it's it's largely on you. To make it count. And yeah. you make it count through your mannerisms. You make it count through what kind of ad-libbing you can get to do or your social media. You make you make the belt matter. Right. Because right. the company, we can see with the U.S. belt, it's just a toy to them. They say, here you go. Go do something with it. Yeah. And it's up to you to make it matter. And this U.S. belt means nothing. And so this match meant nothing. And the hottest guy in the match, Rusev, which has been totally... Pushed by the fans. And this company, they they love it when they can say, you know what, guys, fans, fuck you guys. We are the ones, we're the ones who tell you who to like. And we need to remind you that. Because even though the hottest guy in this match is Rusev, we're going to put the coldest guy on with the title. Because fuck you. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. And I mean, Jinder Mahal, it doesn't get any colder than that. Yeah. 
And that's who that's the route they went. I mean, the whole title run was for that Indian House show, which they ha- had two scheduled in December. They couldn't even sell out both nights, so they had to cancel one of it. So that yeah. entire title run was for one house show in India that wasn't even a sellout. Then we have what I would say was match of the night, hands down. And it involved a celebrity. I can't I can't say this much about WrestleMania celebrity involvement because, you know, outside of the LT match, you know, uh, which was just amazing for different reasons. It was amazing that Bam Bam Bigelow got 20-something minutes out of LT in a main event. Now we have Ronda Rousey in her debut matchup with Who Kurt Angle. fucking owned it. Yes. She was phenomenal. She was outstanding. That was not... See, I was worried, okay? I really was. I was worried that she's going to come in with a big head and she's not going to really take take it that serious. And then... She's going to get out there, and it was going to slap her in the face like a wet fish and be like, oh, I really fucked up. I should have trained harder. I should. No, she blew my expectations so far out of the water. It wasn't even funny. But I say she's a celebrity. She's also a highly trained athlete, a judo, a bronze medalist in judo, and, you know, a UFC champion. So yeah. this isn't someone with no fight experience or some. Right. Or someone that's not used to performing in front of big crowds, you know, and she goes on talk shows, so she's used to the spotlight, you know. This isn't someone that was going to be phased by 70,000 people or whatever it was in the Superdome. You had them taking on Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, who almost did the exact same entrance they did last year on motorcycles, only this year, no police officers. Stephanie didn't didn't ride on the back. Stephanie had her own. But they were trikes, so. They were. I still don't ever. What think... was with the the all female motorcycle gang leading them to the ring? I didn't even remember that from the entrance. Really? Yeah, yeah it was an all female motorcycle club gang. Because whatever you Stephanie want to call it. is the head of the women's evolution, so she okay. needs to see. That's what I was thinking they were leading in with, but I was like, come on, that's really that's over the top corny. They just need to However, hit you over the head with the laser, the green laser light show that they were doing for their entrance was pretty badass. Well, and Stephanie, I do have to admit, Stephanie did the Triple H spit oh, take. The spit, oh, that was terrible. I thought it would be structured in a way that it was simple that Kurt Angle and Triple H would do the majority of the work, and you just build to the hot tag. And Ronda would come in and kill Stephanie, and that would yeah, be it. Yeah, that'd be it. No. They did a great job of laying this This had out. so much up and downs and twists and turns. You know, it just, oh my God, it was tremendous. Her it, punches, her worked punches looked awesome, by the but way. Like outstanding. She makes, she makes Shane McMahon's punches look even worse than they already do. Like, yeah. Her shots to, like... Stephanie in the corner or whatever, like, they looked legit. Like Oh, when she, backed, when she backed Triple H in the corner... And started going to town on him yeah. in his midsection. Holy hell. She was throwing fists quicker than Ali. I mean, <laughs> good God. She was moving lightning fast. She too. was, man. Compared to these two old men, by the way. Like, boy, Hunter's looking old these days. Dude. That's all. Uh, uh, my girlfriend who was watching the show said, boy, Hunter's looking, looking pretty old. Kurt. Kurt, yeah, really. Yeah. Kurt, man. I love Kurt Angle to death. I really do. Kurt's going to have to start slowing down on the in-ring stuff and doing more backstage because I don't think he he can go much longer. I think he did fine, though, what was asked of him. If he what still was hitting... asked of him, yes. Could he go in there and, and knock it out of the park? No. No, he couldn't have a singles match. No. no. I no. think he knows that, too, though. So I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just, you know. My favorite part, though, had to be when Ronda 
engaged with Triple H. That was my favorite yeah, part. Yeah, that was too. Yeah. It's totally believable that she could probably actually kick his ass. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And she deadlifted him. That one, like, on her shoulders, like, you know, fireman's carry. Oh, yeah, for that uh, Samoan drop. She rolled into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was stunning. Yeah. Like, I was blown away by that. That was outstanding. And I loved Hunter telling the ref, like, the ref was like, no, men can't fight women. And he's like, no, no, I'm the boss. This is okay. Yeah. Backs backs the ref in the corner, like, just stand there. This is different. Stand there, shut up. All right. No, that was outstanding. I and loved it. What I the only the my one minor minor nitpick is that I wish that Rhonda had made Triple H tap out. I think that would have been even better. I agree. I think that would have been because Triple H only has a few tap outs on his record anyway. Yeah. And this However, I loved I, I, I think loved, that would maybe uh, maybe I I'm overthinking this because maybe that would give Ron too much because she just submitted 14 time champion and now she's going into the women's division so it kind of she'd have to annihilate everyone right within seconds well I mean she still has to yeah so I I guess it really she still has to however, annihilate everyone however I liked I liked I loved the ending though the the armbar. And Stephanie is holding on for dear life. And so what does Rhonda do? She just slides her shoulder up in there and just slowly, as she's bullshit trash talking her, slowly breaks the grip and then locks that armbar in. And Stephanie screamed like the bitch she is. And it was the funniest thing I have ever seen. The crowd was so hot for this match. Oh, my God, dude. And it would never get this hot again all night. No, this was match of the night. I literally, I thought Nakamura and AJ were going to tear it out of the park. Oh, No, man. This this went to the moon, stars, Pluto, and back. This was literally the greatest (laughs) match on this show. And it was the longest match on this show. Went 20 minutes and 40 seconds and was worth every second. I'd love 10 more minutes of it. I really would have loved to have a half-hour match I don't think Kurt and Triple H, those gas monkeys, I don't think they're going to uh, go another 10 minutes. But It was, it was outstanding. It yeah, really was. There was so much, so much good in it. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting so many other. It's one that you can go back and watch because there's so much more. I mean, we— Oh, I'd, there's so many ups and downs. You know, Stephanie— you know, here it is. Kurt Angle's going to make the hot, you know make the hot tag, and Stephanie jumps down, goes around, sweeps her legs out from under. She smacks the apron. I mean, and literally, oh, yeah. she didn't put her hands up. Oh, the camera no, yeah. caught chin it perfect. First. She chin first smacked it, and I was like, "Oh fuck, that was bad, dude." She's going to come up hurt, and hell no, she came up pissed. And she when she finally got in there, it was just, oh, it was an outstanding match, literally hands down. Who I felt bad for was the match that followed. The Usos in their first main card WrestleMania appearance ever, even though they've been in this company for years now. Really? They've only worked the pre-show. This is their first time because they've either been injured, one's been injured, or they've just been on the pre-show. So finally, these champions get to be in WrestleMania, but they follow the hottest match on the card, so the life has been sucked out of the arena. Oh, yeah. It's a piss-break match. Oh, yeah. And they're going to take on the New Day again. Which this this has been done so many times. The New Day, who came out with little people in pancake suits, which I am just about done with the pancake thing. I I'm just about done with the New Day. It's just run its course with me. Yeah, I can see where I can see maybe where where kids would still be into this, but for it's, me, I've checked out. Yeah, 
it was funny for the first two years. Now it's getting old. And they took on the Bludgeon Brothers, who... I have to say, I was wrong. You you called the Bludgeon Brothers at winning this. Oh, well, I would have to even go back and listen to what I said. I, I, I said New Day. I really did, because I didn't think that... I wanted the Bludgeon Brothers to win, but I didn't think that they were capable of running as a title... As being, you know, title champs, as it being significant. Well, especially uh, considering the position that uh, Rowan was in just a few years earlier with The Rock beating him in 20 seconds yeah, or whatever. Right. So, And both these guys. I mean, both these guys have been lost for so long that yeah. it's hard to ever, just like with Ziggler, whenever they, you know, give him a push, you're like, I don't believe, you know, this is not going to It's hard to buy. Yeah. So, and, but... With this latest incarnation, I guess they're actually going to try. They're going to stick with it, and and I liked it. And uh, it was a squash match, basically. It was, and it was, which is great for that because that means that adds a little bit more credibility to them. That of so much that they have lost, it it gives them a little bit back. Yeah, because they beat the Usos, who have been the best tag team in the company for the last year at least. With this new, with losing the face paint, just. And just being better wrestlers in the ring, performing. Yeah. And so, yeah. But unfortunately, it was in this spot, and there was uh, no escaping it. And uh, now during, at the ending of the Charlotte and Oscar match, John Cena was informed by referee Patrick Young that I was the Undertaker had accepted his challenge. I ran to the ring and told him. So John Cena, of course, any fan can do this. You can just hop the guardrail. Run to the back. Run to the back, no problem. Get in his bag. He had his gear, even though he had no idea. He had no match. Never go to a show without your gear. But his gear is just jorts and a t-shirt. So he's technically like... He was actually practically in his gear while he was sitting in the fans. Yeah. Just didn't have his knee pads on. Right. So your time is up. My time is now. Here comes John Cena with his all his merch on. Ronald McDonald selling you new t-shirts, new towel. Your WrestleMania 34 gear. He comes to the ring and he waits. And the lights go out. And we, we think, oh. We, we're getting, you know, we're going to get the American badass. You know, you're thinking. Yeah, here comes Kid Rock. Yeah. No. We get, we get music playing. <laughs> yeah. But it was not Kid Rock. It's a better musical performer. It's Elias Sampson. Walk. With Elias. Yes. WWE. Walk with Elias. Yes. And as Elias strums his guitar to the ring and he blasts the fans and he blasts John, John looks so sad and John retreats to his seat so that the drifter, Elias, can have his performance. And Elias sits down in the ring, but he makes fun of the people and John Cena a little bit more. And John Cena says, you know what? I already got my gear on. Fuck it. I'll go in there. John Cena beats the shit out of Elias with a five-knuckle shuffle, an AA, and then a sad John Cena looks at the ground, and they just start playing his music. And he walks slowly up the ramp when suddenly the lights go out again. Who is it this time, Bray Wyatt? No. No. It is a purple light. Yes. And the hat and the jacket... Are folded neatly, folded in the ring where they, they never once were. Left the ring. You hit. You see this purple lightning bolt come down, hit it. Smoke hits. The jacket and hat are gone. 
Wow, what does that mean exactly? Then all of a sudden we get a gong. You know what that means? That means the power of has, the Undertaker has returned. He came. He's to, Frankenstein. He now. came and gathered his his gear. <laughs> it was transported back to him. So he threw it on, and once one more time, quite possibly, the Undertaker walks to the ring, steps in the ring, takes off his hat, and proceeds to kick John Cena's ass from pillar to post, from every ring corner in that entire ring. He hit the greatest hits of... It was, Taker, it yeah. was, man. It old was, school. It was the five moves of doom from Taker. And it was old it school. It was what needed to it, happen it in was. the storyline. I See, I agree. And I told you this. Yeah, you told me. I was, I I was a non-believer. This. See, you were very right about this. To make this believable for Taker, Taker had to come in and own his ass. That There was no other way around it. And he had to win. And so, sure enough, man, he, he walked in there. He owned him. But he did not own him. I mean, he took his ass all the way to the bully on elementary school playground, owned him. He only took one bump in the whole match. One bump. Literally. He owned him. This was a Goldberg squash match. Yes. John Cena is so scared of The Undertaker sitting up that he could not complete the five-knuckle shuffle. Exactly. Got a tombstone, and that's it. This is over. But what it tells me, though, sadly about The Undertaker is that this is what we can expect from him. He's not going to be able to do a full-length match, I don't believe. We've seen the greatest matches. He's not going to be able to top what he's already done. Right. So if he just comes in, that's all the crowd wants is to see him hit a tombstone and walk out. Yeah. And the entrance. The entrance is most of his mystique, you know, and, like, that's all. That's all you need. So yeah. I thought this was done really excellently. Yeah. And then he walked up the ramp. Arm in the air, looked back. That was it. His brother Kane didn't bother showing up for his big return. He was in the Battle Royal and uh, went home, went back to Knox County to go back on the campaign trail. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought this was done really well. I thought this is what needed to happen because John Cena was a whiny bitch for months and months. He lost every opportunity to get to WrestleMania. He could have just been in the Battle Royal. He could have been a team player. But no, he wanted to be fancy. I want the fancy-smancy Undertaker match. I want to be in a high-profile match. I'm too good for these little matches. So he needed his comeuppance, and, right. and he got it. So It would have been so awesome, though, also if they were like, no, fuck it, you're in the Andre Ball Royal. I know. I would have loved that, too. Like I, when, I'm, not even, I, like, I'm not even joking. You're working pre-show. John yeah. Cena works pre-show. That would have been so funny but yet would have actually added more to the pre-show to where people tuned in for that shit, too. Instead of him sitting in the crowd, it would have been just as funny to see him in the Battle Royal. Yeah. And then he could come back for this Undertaker thing later in the night. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's John Cena. It's Yeah. Yeah, I, that would have been funny, too. But the sitting in the crowd thing I thought was funny because, I mean, those those shots of him, he, he reacted very funny to the camera every time it picked him up, so... He's a good actor. Yeah, he was, I mean, the whole time he was sitting out there in the crowd throughout the night, he was signing autographs and taking pictures <laughs> with fans. The whole time. They actually had a line of people. So it makes you wonder, were they selling tickets to like, hey, you want to go meet John Cena? Sitting in the I'm audience sure down these here? Were, I'm sure these were like Make-A-Wish kids and like people that, you know, charity cases and just, you know, people that were nominated to like yeah. – 
get this honor. Oh, you get to sit near the king, you know. Yeah. Not the king of kings. No one gets to sit near him. No, uh, and, and not Lawler, by the way, either. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's he can't call the match. By the way, like I said that JR could call the Undertaker match. Um, I guess bringing JR out for two minutes and 45 seconds wasn't really worth it, so there wasn't much to call. Yeah. And then we had another disappointing match of the night. Uh, in addition to the U.S. title match, Daniel Bryan's big return. His entrance was well, awesome because it's his big return. It was. And it's sentimental. It's the place he had his biggest moment. The But then it went downhill from there. It was Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon who looked to be in bad condition. And Shane, really, l- let me tell you something. In all seriousness, Shane was in a shit ton of pain. This was foolish. Uh, He was in a lot of pain. And so this was – this shows that I told you, man. I even told you last week. There's not a McMahon alive that is going to miss their chance at WrestleMania if they have given their word they're going to be there or they're going to do something. Well, I just think it was – especially with Shane being hurt, I think it was – Stupid to script the match the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's music hits, but instead they jump Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. They take out Daniel Bryan early with the apron power bomb, so he is then stretchered out the stretcher spot, just like at WrestleMania 30. I hate the fucking stretcher spot. So now Shane McMahon, of course, is Superman and is going to take on these two guys with, even though he's got a hernia. A hernia and diverticulitis he's going to take on these two guys by himself so he proceeds to get the shit beat out of him for upwards of 10 minutes of this 15 minute match daniel bryan finally tags in gets the submission victory and kevin owens and Sami Zayn are going to have to find new jobs somewhere else because they on are, raw well they tried on raw and they failed so they're going to have to go back to NXT, or Kevin's going to have to do a lot of work to get down to 205 to make the cruiserweight <laughs> scene. Uh, Sammy s- could get there. Sammy could get there. Kevin's going to have to really work. Yeah, this match stunk. Uh, sorry. And Shane McMahon's punches, even if he was in great condition, which he wasn't for this match, his punches missed by fucking miles, man. <laughs> like, And this is a guy that allegedly trains with like MMA coaches. Yeah, He trains with like the best people. But still, Boy, he crazy. throws a punch, and it's five feet away from you. Yeah. I don't know what – and it, it's like Jenna Maraska le- levels of bad. It's it's bad. And so anyway, yeah, this was what it was. And guys, it wouldn't get much better from here. We did have a slight uptick, I would say, in the next match. But I would have liked to have seen them – I liked the jump start. Okay, I did. I did too, yeah. And it made a lot of sense take Daniel Bryan out. And then beat Shane, and they win. And they get their jaws back, plain and simple. It doesn't affect Daniel Bryan, because Daniel Bryan... Yeah, this was, the, this was what we basically talked about, the finish that we wanted. Blindsided, so he got screwed. Yeah, it's not a loss on him. It's not a loss on him, it's on Shane. And, it, and it's not really on Shane, because Shane's you know, so, so badly hurt. It finishes the storyline with Kevin and Sammy, so they can move on to something else. Right. I really would like to have saw that. Yeah, me too. I think that's... Because now it's, once again, it's up in the air as to what the hell are you trying to do with him now. WrestleMania supposedly is where all stuff ends. No, they're still fucking looking for a job that they were doing when they were before WrestleMania. So right. it's kind of... 
I just thought... Well, that theme would continue to, into the night with another match, the match that everyone looked most forward to where it, something was beginning. It wasn't culminating, you know? Yeah. And so... But up next, we had Nia Jax defeating Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. This match... Squash. Yeah, I mean, but that... It was, needed to be. Yeah. I mean, you can't... You can't have this, you know, this monster. The preppy girl calling the girl fat, and then she wins. She's victorious. That right. Well, be. you can't have this. This you built her up. You know, Nia Jax as being this this monster of a of a female athlete. Right. They now call her. They call her the irresistible force or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So not she, the immovable object. That would be bad. <laughs> she uh, she can't, but she can't lose. And she can't. She has to with what has gone on out there with the, the whole no bullying thing and all that. They have to have her go out there and destroy her, and destroy her badly. And that's what she did. And I yeah. It First she great. destroyed Mickey James. A, one Samoan drop took out Mickey James. That was it. Yeah. Former former yeah you know. former Piggy James. She went through the same thing as Nia yeah. Jax and uh, sympathized with the bully. So yeah. that was weird. Yeah, but yeah, that's what happened. And uh, congrats to Nia Jax. The crowd was—they popped for the, the the finish, but the match was kind of—I mean, it was just a match. Yeah, um, nothing spectacular about it. Yeah, sadly, that's what you could say about the next match—the match that we debated putting on last. Which Man. I mean, I guess we could still debate <laughs> if we wanted it on last, based on how the last match went as well. Can but I, oh, God. Uh, our dream match. This was a uh, another point, like I made in the U.S. title match, where they just want you to know. They just want you to know that they can fuck with the fans just any they way want, they want, just to. because they want to. They can. They have these two guys that they we know what they're capable of. Yeah, we've seen it before, but we're gonna fucking handcuff them, and we're gonna make them work this kind of match, and we are gonna have a flat finish. Uh, Nakamura had an awesome entrance to the ring with the guitar players yeah. and all the violinists. AJ just had a, a normal entrance, but that was fine. And then the match was just, I would say it was like a SmackDown main event. Yeah. And then the finish, he hits one Styles Clash. I was thinking, oh, he's going to kick out because they've trained us to believe now that a finisher is not a finisher. Yeah. One, two, three. That's it. There you go. That's your dream match, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. And then this was to set up a Nakamura heel turn with the low blow afterwards when they were going to do the respect spot. But we'd already seen that earlier tonight, so they're not going to do another respect spot. No handshake. So a low blow, and now we're starting a program. This was one of the worst AJ Styles matches I've ever seen. Wow. I didn't. I don't. I hate saying that, but I mean, right? You think last year with Shane was better? Yeah. I would say so too. Like, uh, because I don't expect much out of Shane. That's I think that's it. You you had people had such high expectations going into this. Well, that that's what made it so so bad is because nobody's expectations were reached. Nowhere right. near what they expected was even reached. Right. So I think I I think you're onto something there. I think that's why it. Yeah, I mean, we had ballooned our expectations so much, but even then. I mean, they didn't even get close. No, to. no. You could almost talk about 
match placement, you, like this WrestleMania kind of reminded me of WrestleMania 27, where you had the two champions going into WrestleMania 27. Yeah, Alberto and Edge for the world title kicked it off. Right. I almost thought you could have justified putting this on first. Really hot, fast-paced match. Yeah. I didn't see what was wrong with putting this on first if they wanted to go that route. If they were going to screw people, that would have been a way to get the crowd. If they were going to screw people and do this match and do the... The way it did. The way it did. This was the way that it should have gone on first because it would have got the crowd hot. It would have got them fired up it would have, and it would have had them on the edge of their seat the rest of the night. Or even if it had disappointed them, you have enough time to build they build back up. Yeah, the, the the crowd can get back into other matches like just the excitement to see this match would start the match off, would give it a good shove in the right direction. Right, and see and I I said it from the beginning last week as well. If we weren't going to get AJ Nakamura in the main event, I would I would rather have seen Ronda Rousey. Well, I think after the way this went, yeah, that probably should have went on last. That should have been, yeah. I mean, over the titles. I hate to say it, but right. that's just the way the matches went off. It was structured so much better than this match. Yeah. We didn't get any closure with this. Right. We yeah. didn't get any any payoff. We didn't get any. I mean, it's strictly a. And it reinforces the idea that Vince has in his head that, you know, people that the fans like. It, it it validates his fears of putting them in big spots like AJ Styles and Nakamura, like, you know, fan favorites or whatever, you know, because the next match was received much better and featured the debut of a new rising superstar. As we moved on from our WWE title disappointment to, of course, the prestigious Raw Tag Team Championship, which would be our break between our title matches. But would it be, though? The bar gets a Mardi Gras entrance out on the float. It was pretty cool. And Braun Strowman comes out, and it's time for his mystery partner. Who could it be? Rey Mysterio, Bobby Lashley, Samoa Joe is cleared, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, yeah. (laughs) Hillbilly Jim. Who could it be? Goldberg. Yeah, Goldberg. He was there for the Hall of Fame. That would be great. So Braun gets on the mic and says, So they say I need a tag partner. And you know who it's going to be? Who wants to be my tag partner? One of you, the fans, are going to be my tag partner. Who wants to be my tag partner? And not only does he point at this kid, he could just jump the guardrail, walk right to the kid. Kidnap him. No, fuck no. He has to go to the other side, go out the walkway instead of jumping the guardrail. Him finding Nicholas took longer than the match. Oh, yeah. Instead of just jumping the guardrail, going and getting him and coming, just that straight shot, boom, boom. No, he had to go to the other side, walk out through the bell entrance, the uh, entryway for the, the timekeeper and all that, walk all the way halfway around the arena, get this kid, walk him all the way halfway around the arena back, get in the ring. Not only does the kid get scared about trying to get in the ring, he screams at him. Get in the ring. Did he trips over the rope trying to get in the ring himself? No, I loved this, actually. I did, too. It was awesome. Because we talked about, well, I kept saying, you know, Braun doesn't need a partner. He won the right to this match by himself. Right. So his partner needed to be Gilberg or James Ellsworth type. Right. A guy that is uh, not very strong or very good at wrestling. Someone you know stands no chance if they get tagged in that they're screwed. 
And they went all in on that idea and picked a fourth grader named Nicholas, who is, I believe, the son of the guy who played the kid who played Nicholas is the son of one of the referees. He is. I'm glad you brought that up because there was some discussion about it. But yes, he, he is. is the son of Jack Doan. Is it? Or? I do believe. It's one of the referee's kids. And so Braun runs through the bar, but he does at one point tag Nicholas in. Who, by the way, Nicholas's face was at the second rope. He could not. No, yeah. He couldn't see over <laughs> the second rope. Like, this is a small kid. Yes. Braun tags in Nicholas to a thunderous ovation. This place. Dude, the Hardys didn't get this loud of a pop last no, year. No, it was. <laughs> Awesome. And so the kid comes in, stands there, the bar, think about it for a second, and then Nicholas just tags back out. But it was wonderful. It was amazing, phenomenal, a masterpiece. Braun hits his finish and wins in four minutes. The new tag team title, the record will always stand. That Nicholas is in the record books. As a tag team champion. Yes, a fourth grader. Congrats. But if I was a kid watching. That is the youngest champion to win win a title, by the way. That's true. Uh, like that's actually forget you, Randy Orton. Yeah, you're... no shit. That is actually in the record books because I was looking that up. I was like, "Damn, I don't think they've ever done this with anybody else." No, Randy Orton was the youngest to hold a hold a belt in WWE history until now. Now let's scrape that off the record books. Nicholas can go to school and get all the girls and brag and say, "You know what? Look at my." Belt. I was a Raw tag team. Title I was. Holder. I was a Raw tag team title holder. <laughs> If I was a kid, I would have really marked out for this because, oh, like, yeah. this is my dream come true. Oh, yeah. And that's what all these other kids are doing. They're like, oh, man, one of these days I'm going to, you know, be, in, be picked out of the crowd like that. I'm the gonna... belt was almost bigger than the child. Yeah. Because when Braun presents him with the belt, like... He can't hardly he hold can't, it. Yeah. It, it, it weighed that much that he couldn't hardly even hold it up. So that was pretty awesome. I really enjoyed this. They had to vacate, sadly, the next night on Raw, but... You know why they vacated? Unfortunately, Nicholas has to finish the fourth grade and can't go on the road yeah, and defend the titles. He can't go to house shows. I love that shit was so funny. I loved it. Well, another highlight on Raw was when Sammy and Kevin come looking for a job and they go to GM Kurt Angle and they say, Kurt, you need us on Raw. He says, oh, my tag division is full, even though he just had a vacancy with Nicholas leaving. <laughs> well, I guess this was the vacancy that Kevin and Sammy ended up fighting for later in the night on Raw was the one vacancy but he, then he turns to them and he says, but I hear TNA is hiring, which oh. was an awesome line that was 15 years in the making, I guess. But <laughs> uh, there you go. And then the main event oh, of God. WrestleMania, which it was time for Beach Ball City, as it was Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman taking on Roman Reigns as Brock would be defending his Universal Championship and... When I say how good that Ronda Rousey match was structured, <laughs> and yeah, you could say the AJ Styles Nakamura one wasn't structured that great. This was the worst match on the card. This is just, I know what they were going for. I know what they kind of wanted. They wanted the Goldberg and Brock Lesnar match they got last year, when both guys hit a total combined of four moves. Well, they, they also wanted WrestleMania 20 all over again. To believe that Lesnar doesn't yeah. give a shit about the fans, and so and that he's leaving, they're finally going to get behind. That's going to force our hand. That's going to force the crowd to actually do what we want them to do, and finally get behind Roman Reigns. 
dude, an atom bomb can go off, and the world, the fans are not going to get behind Roman Reigns. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Not in this way. No, definitely. It's not, not when you just say, "Oh, like him because this other guy's leaving, or this other guy doesn't care about you." Yeah, that's not a good way. It's to It's not going to happen. It's not. So anyway, this was structured much like the Goldberg and Lesnar match last year, where it was both of you hit five moves over and over and over again. And so, over and yes. over and over. So I'm really going to focus mainly on the finish. Uh, we got all the Superman punching. We got all the Germans, release Germans, Suplex City. We got all that. We hit all that stuff. So this move, the F5, had been so protected last year. They wanted to baby this thing. This thing was putting everybody down with one F5. After Goldberg, it was always one F5. We go home. Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, the list goes on. One puts them down. Yeah. So that way, for tonight, when Roman kicks out Patrick... It's going to be this thunderous ovation. The roof will blow off the Superdome. So he hits that first F5. Roman kicks out to zero reaction. because Not, not a damn thing. Because nobody bought that one was going to put Roman Reigns down. Yeah. But then he goes on and does like four more. And he kicks out every time. I know kicking out of finishers is a thing to build drama. This did not build drama. It didn't build shit. This was just annoying. Yeah. And made it made me angry. Yeah. Because if I even in the video game, Patrick, if I hit you with four finishers in a row. I'm not moving. If I hit you with two, three, maybe tops. Yeah, that's it. That's the end of the that's the show is over. Yeah. But no, we have to make Roman Reigns look like Superman. Yeah. With his Superman punch. And his so he kicks out of all these F fives. So then Brock says, Oh, gloves off. So he goes over there and does the SummerSlam Randy Orton spot and bloodies Roman Reigns up. Is that, what is that supposed to do for us? Is that supposed to make us say, oh, well, now I feel sorry. Now I'm behind Roman Reigns because he's bleeding. Yeah. So this poor guy gets busted open hard way for no reason. Hits his spear and then hits his super spear that he hit on Undertaker where if you bounce off the ropes twice, Patrick, everyone knows that increases your momentum. Yeah. Ask Goldberg, he'll tell you. He does that, but he gets caught, and guess what? Another F5. And this is the one that puts him down for good. Six F5s total. It might have been five F5s total, but that was it. Oh, shit. Brock won. Um, No one was going to pop for either guy, really. I mean, because we've seen it all before. Yeah. And it was the same match they had at WrestleMania 31 up until the Rollins interference, basically. I I know how you feel reviewing WrestleMania 2000. Because that's what this match did for me. You know, the beach balls came out, and this is awful chance. They got this is awful chance in their main event. Of WrestleMania. And you know what? They didn't, do, like, I, I, I heard some people's opinions saying, oh, they had this plan from the start. They were always going to shit on this match. They gave it a chance, Patrick. They really did. Yeah. At the first, up until, I don't know, the second or third F5, then it's time to give up. Yeah. But I think they gave it a chance. I think the crowd gave it a chance. Yeah. But you lost it through this, the structure of this match. It's Yeah. It's ridiculous. To just have a rematch at the greatest Royal Rumble in a cage. 
The rumor is Brock's contract goes through SummerSlam, which I always thought it did. So I'm not sure if this contract scenario was even real. It wasn't. Um, Dana White traveled there strictly oh, to see he, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, he did. Don't, don't even fucking say that. See, that would have been cool if he came out and did that with Brock because that would give it some legitimacy at the end of the match. If he, say, just, if he just jumped the guardrail, got in and said, hey, you need to come with me. Or like walked out with Paul and celebrated with Brock and yeah. you would – that would actually give it some believability, but the match was so bad, I don't. I wouldn't have wanted to have been associated with it. It was awful. Yeah. It was dreadful, and uh, it's a sad way to end. Like I said, up until, up through the Rousey match, really up through the Undertaker match, everything was going smooth, smooth sailing. And then we just hit walls, wall after wall after wall. Nicholas saved the day for a minute. But then it was just another wall. Yeah. So overall, I'm going to have to give this show like a, you know, a thumbs in the middle. I'm not going to say it was a bad show because early on there was some really good stuff. I'm going to give it a Nicholas. <laughs> you hated it that much. Well, I didn't hate it. The Literally, the only good thing about this show, in my opinion, was the spot with Nicholas and Ronda Rousey. But it reminded me of WrestleMania 27 also by going in these two champions the two champions going into WrestleMania 27, which you had Edge, Alberto Del Rio won a 40-man Royal Rumble, the yeah. greatest up until the next one, yeah. which is somewhat, for some reason I think is the only reason they're doing it <laughs> secretly is just to say, oh, no, you didn't win the biggest Rumble ever. Yeah. That's going to be whoever this guy is. Um, it's, watch, it's going to be Roman Reigns. Just So this guy defeated 39 other people. In theory, he should have probably won the belt off of Edge at that WrestleMania. And then John Cena, probably, you know, going into it, you think he's probably going to beat The Miz. And both of them retain. And tonight, well, at WrestleMania 34, you had both champions going in, and you think both are probably going to lose. I mean, Nakamura, Nakamura won the Rumble, and he's he needs something. You know, he, yeah. he needs something. Yeah. They thought it was a heel turn. I think it was the title belt. We'll see how it goes. And then Roman Reigns, this was all we built up. We put so much, you put so much behind him. And again, you get to the finish line and you say, no, 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 no. You just shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. And you can say, well, he's going to, he, he's probably just going to win it at the, the thing in Saudi Arabia. That's not WrestleMania. It's just not. I mean,. Yeah, I'm not miss once again, let's put it on <laughs> I'm not missing the birth of my child for Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I will for WrestleMania. That puts that'll show you right there. Well, it's just like if you're on a football team that beats Tom Brady in a regular season game versus beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Nick Foles, you know, beating Tom Brady in a regular season game gets a blurb at the bottom of the paper. But yeah. he beat him in the Super Bowl, that's yeah. history, you know. Yeah. You win, you win World Series four straight, that's one thing, but you go to Game 7 and win it. Yeah, you beat Derek Jeter on just a regular season game. It doesn't mean anything. You beat Michael Jordan on a day he's got, a, got the flu or whatever. It yeah. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. This, this is where this is supposed to be it, the crowning the jewel. Yeah. And you did it again. Every year, Patrick, every year for the past few years, they've really, really known how to amaze me with – the, Screwing the fans with the failure in the booking. Let's fly through the news desk because we gotta we gotta get this show on the road. We've already talked for one hour and twenty four minutes, and so Rich Swan, 
Rich Swan has stepped back into an indie ring. Um, he has changed his mind about retiring. Once again, well, like dude, I, he's like in his twenties. Like I've I mean, said, and like I will always say, never say never in wrestling. There's I know no, there's no such thing as wrestling retirement. Undertaker's now Terry Funk. S- by swear the way. to God, Hogan will wrestle again. Do not believe if I, it's going to happen. He can wrestle the Undertaker. It's going to happen because these two guys can't. They won't bump, and one of them will just win easily, and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen. So I mean, there's no such thing as retiring in wrestling. Give it time, Sting will be back too. Money talks. There's no retiring in wrestling. You're telling me that Paige's retirement on Monday probably won't last? I'm glad you went to that. Yeah. Paige, on Monday, walks out. Well, she tried to give a Daniel Bryan-type retirement speech. Yeah. Okay, let's, it, let's talk about that for a minute. They had already said that they weren't going to let her wrestle. Yeah. They had, it was known Wh- for months. Yeah. Why the... It, just, to, just to try to have that Monday after WrestleMania thing... Well, and it was in the same arena. We're going to wait till that night to do it when you could have done it three fucking months ago. Yeah, and gotten a much bigger response, I think, because because now the crowd because we crowd already knew. knew. It. Yeah, yeah. You're, so you're not telling me something that I don't know. For the past three months, you've been having her come out and ha- not even be able to do anything but stand at ringside because of her neck injury. Right, like Daniel Bryan and Edge. The news of their retirements came out the day they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't give you enough time. Like some people might not have even seen it before they turned on Raw or yeah. whatever. You didn't. You don't. That doesn't give you time to cope with what with with the shock of it. That here it is, this person. And also, yeah, this is someone who's also come to terms with it herself. Yeah, that they're not going to let me wrestle here, so she can't even be as emotional as you, it could have been. I hate to exploit you know emotion like that. Yeah, but imagine it was the they told her that morning. Yeah, they said. It's We've more decided. of a sincere, heartfelt, instead of running through the motions of here's what you're going to say yeah. out there. Which, and I, I'm, but no, no fears, ladies and gentlemen. The very yeah. next night, she decides to come back and they are going to name her the new SmackDown general manager. Yeah. Uh, no Hulk Hogan showing up as our SmackDown GM. But so now that's the role of the SmackDown GM is uh, you sit as the GM for two years, and then they decide, oh, you can wrestle again, and then you wrestle, I guess. Uh, so Yeah, she's going to wrestle again. Let's not, let's be Well, honest. even if it's not for this company. She'll wrestle again. We had a retirement on Raw, but then we had some re-debuts of injured stars, and then we had a re-debut of a long forgotten about star, basically. Yeah, your, your, Reintroduction. your, future, your future Universal Heavyweight Champion is Bobby Lashley as he makes his return. You know what was weird Raw. about it? Is they didn't let him speak. They didn't let him do a damn thing. Yeah, they let him go in there and have a squash match and walk back. Oh, he Elias. Did, he did a standing. Now the standing suplex was badass. Like he really put a lot of effort into holding him up there. You know, Chris Jericho has the most memorable debut I think ever in yeah. the company because he went out there and he trash talked the Rock. He 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 stood toe to toe with the best on the microphone. Right, and he cut a promo. Yeah. Imagine a if he just felt real promo, or like the Radicals' debut of them, the shock of them sitting in the crowd when no one knew that they were coming to the company or whatever. Those are memorable debuts. Like, yeah. and I know that this guy wrestled for the company before, but this a was, lot of people don't remember that because that's been a long time. I know, and you don't have a, even a promo package like a hype video or anything. He Nothing. just walks out to a theme like he's been backstage all these years, just waiting to. 
yeah. come out, you know. So it was was it even I don't even think it was the same music, was it? No, I don't think so. Like so and how did, Titantron I, was just Lashley. The, I know. Well that's what they've done with all the Titantrons. I whatever what's so wrong with playing highlights in the Titantron? I don't like know. it's all names now. And so I don't know. Bobby Lashley is all it says. And And that know. that really makes you sound even shittier in my opinion, because if you have to put your name up there that means people don't even know you from your music. That means you're not really viable. Right. They, yeah. Like, yeah. If they don't know you from your interest, like, you know, Randy Orton's music hits, it's Randy Orton. You don't need his fucking name printed right up there. <laughs> Orton's coming to the ring right now. <laughs> he should have worn a name tag. Yeah. Like, hello, it's, my name is Bobby. Yeah. I mean, come on. I used to work here. Yeah. And I'm going to work here again. Iconic debuted on SmackDown. We had Carmella's cash in. So, our NXT call ups, let me just say. Uh, Adam Rhodes. No way, Jose. That's same really... fucking thing. Same fucking thing. Give it two years. No way, Jose is going to be out of a job. Well, or he's going to be repackaged. I mean, this is just not. There's that guy in NXT, Velveteen Dream. He has a pretty cheesy gimmick, sort of like No Way Jose. He's got this Prince ripoff gimmick, but he's a great wrestler, and he's really into the gimmick, and he makes it more than a comedy thing. No way, Jose is Santino Morella, you know? No Way Jose, yeah, is Adam Rose, is Heath Slater. When I first saw the hair, I was hoping it was Carlito. Amber Moon. Oh, Amber Moon, yeah, that was the other uh, big one. I'm excited to see her on the main roster. I She's, think that was a she, – she, she, she did well in that tag match. Bobby Lashley, that's it. That's all I got. Have you seen – okay, now we're, we can talk in our news area, era here – have you seen the Andre documentary yet? I, I have not. I did. I'll send you the information you need to log in. Okay. But to HBO. Okay. I'll have to come are we going? Are we going to do a a specialty video on this? I don't think it's worthy of one, honestly. Really? I thought the Ric Flair one was better. Really? Um, I think this one appeals to more of mainstream non wrestling fans because it gives you an insight. To someone that you might not have known? It really, a large portion of it is spent on WrestleMania 3. And I think that a lot of wrestling fans know most of the story of WrestleMania 3 and know most of the story about how big it was to turn Andre heel and that sort of thing. And, you know, Hogan retelling the story is kind of interesting, but they didn't spend enough on what I found to be the best parts of it, which were. Like, Tim White was his personal handler, and... Please tell me they didn't leave him out. Oh, no, they didn't leave him out. Okay. But they had the best parts were... Some of the best parts were with him, but they didn't spend a lot of time with him. They had one soundbite from the daughter. Uh, they had some great stuff with Andre's family, but they only spent, you know, a couple minutes with him. And, like, you know, they skimmed through some photo albums, but I just wanted to know more about... The person, Andre before the Giant. The person before Or just the, the person in general, you know, yeah. like um it was more it was more focused on the wrestling career and the princess bride had a big segment of the Really? Did they go to anything other in acting that he did or is that yeah, strictly they, it? They showed a clip of him on some T V show playing like um Bigfoot? Yeah. Okay, it showed that that's clip. the six million dollar man. Yeah, that he back in I think it was seventy six when he was on the episode of as as Bigfoot basically. Yeah, 
they were like, yeah, before there was CG, there was Andre the Giant. Yeah. And, uh, but then there was some stuff that I, I felt like could have been just on the cutting room floor. Like, there's this part where they talked about how great of a farter he was. And, like, I know that they need they wanted to, like, breathe. They wanted to put some humor into it, but I just, I don't care to hear that stuff or whatever. And yeah. The myths of like how much he could drink and all that stuff. Everyone had different stories about how much he could drink or whatever. The only soundbite from Ric Flair is like, one time I saw Andre drink like 200 beers. Like that's the one clip they used from Ric Flair. Like I think because the WWE had such a heavy hand in it, it wasn't going to be anything. It has it has slightly better production value than what WWE could have done. Yeah, but it's still it comes across like. Uh, one of their productions, basically. I mean, they couldn't have got Billy Crystal to talk about Andre the Giant, but HBO can. So, yeah, you'll just have to see it. But I thought Rick's, I thought Rick's thirty for thirty was better. Okay. But all right. I mean, the, the my favorite thing in it was clips of his like as like a teenager wrestling. Yeah. They showed some of those up front. I really thought those were cool clips that I hadn't seen before. Um, little side note, did you know that the Tombstone Piledriver was invented by Andre the Giant? No, I didn't know that. He did it before Taker, before Kane. He actually was the first one to do it. Well, I mean, the, the entire WWE style of big, how big men fought yeah. was pretty much... Well, thinking back on it as well, I didn't realize, and it, it bothers me to have not realized it till this past week, that... January 27th was the 25th anniversary of Andre's oh, death. Okay. Jan- this past January 27th was the yeah, 20- 93, yeah. The 25th anniversary of Andre's death. So, some things I found interesting um about that is he didn't like doctors. No. And and he didn't want to go to doctors yeah. who could have helped him, who could have uh possibly extended his life. He basically told people, I'm just, you know, when when it's up it's up. I don't really care. And he did, what, yeah. He was. I don't know if that's from. They had to drag him to get when he broke his ankle. That was like the one time he saw a doctor. Like yeah. they found the doctor that he saw for the broken ankle, and that was like the one documented encounter he had with doctors. Oh, they actually the doctors on the thing. That, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. He talks about the ankle and how he talks about he how he could have helped Andre because he understood the condition. I mean, they. They had some understanding of it. He could have helped with with his back problems and could have yeah. helped with it, yeah, his hips and things, yeah. One final thing I wanted to comment on is, so after WrestleMania, this isn't really news. This is just me responding to a couple of people that tweeted at me at Retro W Podcast. Uh, so after WrestleMania was over, Triple H sends out this tweet like, "So proud of the women's evolution. What progress? We're doing so amazing." And so he has all these pictures from WrestleMania of, like, Charlotte and Nia and Ronda and all this stuff. And I responded to it. I just clicked reply to his tweet right to Triple H. And I said, well, then don't run shows where they can't wrestle. Because the Saudi Arabia card, they can't even attend in the crowd, Patrick. They can't wrestle there and they can't attend the show. So I said, don't run a show in a country where you can't book them. Because this is – you're speaking two sides out of your mouth here. You're saying yeah. – Oh, we're so we're making so much forward progress. We're so so proud of women, but we're gonna go run a show where they can't wrestle. Where basic human rights, like just human rights. I mean, this is something I think we can all agree upon: is that women should be able to go perform sports in an auditorium or whatever. 
And if you disagree with that, I don't. You're in the dark ages. They took the money to go do it. But anyway, so I tweeted that, and I, I got a lot of likes. A lot of people liked what I said, and a lot of people. Some people even retweeted it. And but I had a few people that said, "You don't understand business." And I believe me, I understand business. If someone comes and offers me a bunch of money to go run a show somewhere, probably going to take it. I understand. This is an opportunity. This is a market they want to get into. And they're getting paid to do it, and yeah, I agree. I yeah, let me chime in. I agree one hundred percent why they're doing it. At the same point in time, I agree with you. Well, yeah, don't don't sit there and brag about something. Right, I think that's the problem I have. That I, I see where you're, for for us knowing each other, I'm going to try to put it into words a lot easier. Don't sit there. What you're getting at is don't sit there and brag about something, knowing full damn well you're screwing it over at the exact same time. Right, yeah. That's what you're getting you're at. You're promoting progress, but you're really not because you're supporting regress regression. You're supporting yeah. restrictive In your opinion, what you would like to have seen, correct me if I'm wrong, is if you're going over there and you're gonna put that show on, then you put your foot down and say then they get to wrestle. But you can't do that because it's the country, you know, it's the law over then we there. Don't, then we don't put on the show. Exactly. Well, see, that's that's the point. That's the only point I was trying to make is that, yeah, big pile of money, but your ethics. Your ethics are here and a big pile how of much money, money is here. How much money is it worth to sell yourself out? That's what you're getting at. Right. And if you're going to, then don't tweet out, oh, women are, you know, we're, they're the best and they're, we're so proud of them and the progress they've made. You know, you could have run a show in Britain. You could have run a show in Canada. You could have run a show anywhere that they could wrestle and still tried to draw a big crowd, but you took the money. And they're going to sit at home on their hands because you're a hypocrite is what you are. You're just – you can't say women's evolution, women's progress, and then say, we're going to Saudi Arabia. You can't come. See you later, honey. So that's – Yeah, I mean, that's pretty bad that the owner – Stephanie McMahon can't even go to her own show. Right. That's literally what you're saying. I don't think they can be in the crowd. I don't think they can be like visible in the crowd or something. They probably like can't that. be visible backstage. <laughs> yeah, probably. Most seriously. Yeah. And they're like, and people were responding to me also saying, oh, it's just one show. Yeah, but if imagine if they ran a show in a country that didn't allow black people. You know, that just said, nope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Say it's the 50s all over again. Right. Unfortunately, we're not going to let you be on the card due to. But we still like you a lot. We'd like you to wrestle when we're back up, you know, north. Yeah, but yeah no. I, I <laughs> so, tremendously agree with what you're... That's all I'm saying is I just, get where you're coming from. Or like a show where, oh, no little people wrestlers or no, no big people, you know, like I just... Okay, but then don't tweet out a picture and say, anyway, time to get to the review. We'll breeze through it. Oh, there's nothing much to do except breeze through it. Unfortunately, it's yes, quite a a it's quite a show. Yes, April eighth, twenty thirteen. It's a raw super show. When before the, well, when they went to three hours, they wanted to brand it as a super show. Yes, because the brand split was over. So now everybody's on the show, and yeah, they dropped the super show title pretty quickly. It's April 8th, 2013 at the IZOD Center in East Rutherford, New Jersey, right next to the stadium where the Giants play, MetLife Stadium. 
and the Jets play, the football stadium that held WrestleMania. This is right next door, and the IZOD Center is actually closed now, so right. you can't run there anymore. But this was, of course, twice in a lifetime, Cena versus Rock. Rock tore his abductor muscles and his abdomen in the match against Cena. And got a hernia. And got a hernia in like 15 minutes. 15 minutes in. So, but or still worked minutes in, the rest like of the match. Lost to Cena, which was to be expected. Rock was... Well, the match was outstanding, by the way, if it you was haven't fine. seen the match. It was, it was fine. But the description for the Raw on this network is, quote, in one of the most exciting Raws in history. Patrick, do you agree with that? Oh, hell no. The most hell exciting no. Raws in history. What will WWE champion John Cena say fresh off winning his record-setting 11th WWE championship? So there you go. Record-setting? No, Ric Flair set the record. <laughs> no, but I think they mean of that specific title, maybe? I don't know what record they're talking Yeah, exactly. They're talking There's about. one record 16 times. Well, that's the record that they they want you to Flair think. Flair considers like himself 24. 21, I think. Yeah, it's like 21, 24, or something like that. But anyway. Which there will never match that. I mean, Triple H is going to have to do a lot of comebacks to match that. So, Well, I mean, Cena's going to break that 16. That's why they set it so low is because they saw that these well, guys were in sight yeah. of it. Yeah. Now, tri- once Triple H has to get to you 16. You know what happens here. Um, you, so Cena's at, at 16, so Triple H needs to get... He's going to get to 16, and it's the first one that can beat... The first. Who's the first that can get to 17? And Randy Orton's pretty close to 16. Triple threat match. Are we going to fucking have... Really? You think they will do that? Only one can walk away with the title and the The very title. first 17-time <laughs> World Heavyweight Champion. Well, in in their history books, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is John Cena's nemesis. I mean, right. these guys have had more matches together, so I think it would be fitting that that's the matchup. Even though we would all complain, oh, we've seen it 2,000 times already. Right. I think storyline-wise, that would make sense. Even if he's not going for the title, maybe he's the one that ha- that Cena has to beat for it. Because it just seems like that's what they would do. Anyway, JBL, Cole, and Lawler... Throw back to some highlights from WrestleMania 29, which, why do you even buy pay-per-views back in 2013 when they just show you all the They're clips? They're going to give you everything. Yeah. It's not going to be in video form. It's going to be in picture form. Yeah. But it's okay. You'll still get to see it all. Cena beats Rock, and Rock did the respect spot. He held up. He passed the torch, which he had abandoned many years earlier. <laughs> so I always found that to be weird about this this matchup. Is like this was supposed to be seen as the handoff of generations, but you had the Rock inactive for That's all right. those years. Yeah. Fruity Pebbles, Fruity yeah. Pebbles took it over there, and he got a he got to endorse Fruity Pebbles out of that. Yeah, the Rock got him work. Yeah, Cena is out to his typical booze. He says to the camera as he's coming out, he gained 14 pounds overnight, the title belt. He calls it opening day, and he puts on his baseball cap. Lawler and JBL both say, expect a partisan crowd. Okay, no, it's not partisan at all. This crowd hates John Cena. Cena, of course, knows this and says it's great winning WrestleMania, and he begs the crowd for cheers, and they do not comply. But he keeps begging like a big dork. This is the worst kind of John Cena, I I note here, is this guy that always wants adulation. 
And I know he's doing it to get on the audience's nerve, but he comes across so bad to me. He comes across like a dork. Oh, it's terrible. Cena gets boring chance, for which the announcers, this is what they always do now. This is what their go-to line is if a match isn't going the way... If the crowd is chanting something they don't like, JBL, ha ha, they're just having a good time tonight out here, Michael. So, of course, the boring chants just say, oh, they're just having fun. This crowd just came to have fun, Patrick. They didn't come to watch wrestling. They just came to have a good time. Cena says, maybe I can do some dancing. And the crowd is booing. He says, how about a little heel turn? Get it, Patrick? Got it. Insider term. Ha 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 ha. And he's dancing, and the crowd still doesn't respond. Cena says, you know what? I'm a fighting champ, and I want to fight tonight. But before he can choose his opponent, he's interrupted by, somebody gonna get the ass smacked. Somebody gonna get the head split. As Mark Henry, Hall of Famer Mark Henry comes out. (laughs) Henry. That was very good, by the way. Well, I always make up my own lyrics to it. I know those aren't the lyrics, but... In my own mind, sometimes it goes, somebody's going to get the ass wiped. <laughs> somebody's going to get the cod swiped. Like, you can just do anything with this song because it's just somebody going to get something. Somebody going to do something. Mark Henry comes out. Henry beat Ryback last night at WrestleMania. The crowd, reminiscent for the Attitude Era, starts a sexual chocolate chant and then... When Henry mentions beating Ryback, we get feed me more chance. Cena accepts Mark Henry's challenge, so Henry's going to get a title match tonight. No, no, no. Fans, oh, you want you want that, fans? No, fuck you. Here comes Booker T. Yes. Hall of Famer Booker T. Holla, 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 Famer. He just went in over the weekend. I totally forgot he was a GM. This was I did too. news to me. <laughs> Booker T comes out and says, no, no, no. I'm sorry, Mark Henry, you're not the number one contender. The Rock is. He has a rematch clause, of course, which he never exercised. I'm still waiting in 2018 for The Rock to exercise his rematch clause from WrestleMania Well, when Cena wins the title again, well, hopefully we'll see that. Okay. We get bullshit chance when Booker says, The Rock, by the way, won't be here, even though he's the number one contender. He's injured. Booker says, hey, Henry... You'll get a shot if you can beat Cena tonight, but only if you can beat John Cena. And that's the end of the segment. Time to go to a break. Undertaker's going to be on Raw. He extended his streak to 21-0, a number that would prove to be the end of the streak. That's as high as it went, 21-0. But he beat CM Punk last night, and he's going to be on Raw for the first time in ages. So stick around. He's got a lot to do tonight. Zeb and Jack Swagger get a handicap match against Alberto Del Rio tonight, avenging Swagger's loss from the night before. From one SmackDown GM to another, here we go. Daniel Bryan, Team Hell No, Kane. And Daniel Bryan are out next. Taking on in his Raw debut. When he still had a last name. The Powerlifter. Biggie Langston. That's right. With Dolph Ziggler and AJ Lee in his company. I guess this was his NXT rookie, I think, is the connection they had. He's going to take on Daniel Bryan in a singles match. A funny moment happens as Biggie is preparing for his Raw debut. 
He's swinging his arms as he goes down the ramp, and he accidentally knocks AJ Lee in the chest, which makes her laugh. The bell rings. Brian goes to work with kicks, but gets slammed to the mat by Big E using only one arm. Big E spears Brian in the corner twice. We get a delayed back body drop. The crowd chants for Brian. He hits a sunset flip, and then yes kicks from Brian to Big E. But AJ distracts the ref, and Brian gets crotched on the top turnbuckle by Ziggler. Big E throws Brian over the ropes into Kane, who was fighting Ziggler off. Then Big E hits the big ending and picks up the win to Dolph Ziggler's theme song, a very bizarre he way to start he didn't, your career. He didn't have a, any music or any anything. No. This was... He needed a, a visitor badge to identify himself, <laughs> as he didn't even use his own theme song. You know, i got to say something here. It's kind of odd to look and see this is only five years ago. Big E... And then later on, when you see Kofi, and see the change in five years' time in their career. Do you mean physically, or just where they're at in the company, or both? both? Yeah, yeah. They they look vastly different, and they have vastly different roles. Because a big right here, Big E looks massive. Like he looks like he's gonna tear through. Now he looks like shit. He looks like a fat, out of shape. I mean, I, he's still strong. He still moves good. Don't get me wrong, but he just doesn't. He he has lost so much body mass physically from this era, this five just in five years. Well, and yeah, like Kofi comes out here with like a six pack. Yeah, like yeah. I know age changes you, but oh, five years, only five years. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, hey man, if we if we look at pictures of ourselves from five years ago, we'd probably say the same thing. That's true. That is true. Lawler lies to us all and says it was one of the best debuts he's seen on Raw. Okay. The Miz. This seems familiar. He's the Intercontinental Champion. And Wade Barrett gets a rematch from last night. He's using his rematch clause tonight. The Rock, he's a pussy. Jobber, Wade Barrett, is already in the ring when we come back from commercial. Check out WWE Magazine with The Miz in the body shop showing off his training regimen. Pick that up on newsstands now. This match was on the pre-show last night, which was shown on AOL and Yahoo. Let's go Barrett chants from the crowd, so you can tell this is a very different crowd than typical. Miz hits some corner punches to Wade Barrett. They exchange headlocks. Miz sends Barrett through the second rope and hits a drop kick through the ropes to send Barrett crashing to the floor. Barrett hits a neck breaker to Miz off the apron. Raw takes a commercial break. We return, and Barrett hits the Winds of Change, which is a boss man slam. It gets a two count. Miz and Barrett exchange strikes with the Miz getting the upper hand. Miz fucks up a neckbreaker to you fucked up chance. Then he hits a double axe handle for a two count. Miz softens up the leg, but Barrett kicks him away. Miz DDTs him on his knee for a two count. Miz puts the figure four on Wade Barrett as he was trained by the Nature Boy with that figure four. But Barrett gets the ropes. And get a big boot to the Miz from Barrett. But Miz gets up and attempts a superplex. But Barrett gets Miz's head to hit the post. And then gets the bull hammer. And this 24-hour title reign is over. As Barrett gets his belt back. It's like that match never happened at WrestleMania. A result which they would repeat quite often, it seems like, with the IC belt in WrestleMania. Yeah. Zack Ryder was waiting in the wings for this amazing thing a 24 hour what patrick can you explain the point of doing this logically yeah hell no okay just checking logically i can't i think it because shits, it, was a- 
it shits on the title and it shits on on the credibility of the champion and it shits on the credibility of the match the night before. And it says for future pre-shows, if you watch this tomorrow night, we might just rewrite it. Yeah. So what's the point in even watching it? Yes. Vicky Guerrero is with Brad Maddox in uh, not his most famous video escapade. They're in the back. Sheamus is upset that Big Show knocked him out. Poor thing. He wants a match with the Big Show. Why Big Show is so hard to get a match with, I don't know. But that was the story. This was the story of the night was Big Show is so tough to get a match with. The guy that seems to work every show, every week, every house show. Apparently tonight he's off limits. Instead, you know, you have to work your way up to the Big Show. Yeah. You have to get the opportunity. Right. He's a main eventer, apparently. <laughs> Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, somebody needs to tell the Big Show that. <laughs> somebody need to get the head smacked. <laughs> Seamus says he wants to kick the head off that giant piece of crap. Vicky says, okay, you've got it. Whatever. Mania pictures on the way back. Raw tonight brought to you by Domino's. Handmade pan pizza. Sometimes handmade is just better. Booker T is walking through the back, and Randy Orton congratulates him on the Hall of Fame. He shows off his ring. Randy Orton says, yeah, my dad has one of those. Randy Orton says, I want Big Show too." Randy says, hey, Booker, you can overrule that bitch Vicky. And Booker T buys into this and says, okay, you've got your match. Okay. So I don't know what, I guess we have a triple threat coming up. Zebediah Coulter and Jack Swagger are out. We the people. Someone in the crowd holds up a deport me sign, which was very cool. <laughs> Zeb is an amazing speaker. It's a shame they paired him with Jack Swagger. Not even Zebediah can Dutch, save this guy. Dutch Mantel is hilarious. Yes, and he's so good on the mic. He is. He's a natural. He is, and a lot of people forget he was a a weekly voice for Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which is where he got his microphone skills, I guess, from doing, not being a wrestler, but turning into managerial and turning into ring announcer and things like that. So, Zeb talks about serving in Vietnam. He gets the what chance, but it doesn't rattle him. And then you get a faint USA chant going, because guess what, guys? This crowd is mostly foreign, because these are people that have flown in for the entire WrestleMania weekend. So there's just a little USA chant. We get a promo for WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. I wonder if that'll be any good, Patrick. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Do you know? I love these do you know graphics. This company is so... They just want you to know how important they are. This They're is their so way, insecure. This is their way of bragging about themselves and not really meaning... Like, it's kind of the backhanded compliment, you know? When you we're, have to compliment yourself. We're bragging about ourselves, but we're really not. We're just making a fact be known. You know, it's. Do you know more than 30 celebrities tweeted about WrestleMania 29, including, oh, this is a cavalcade of stars Snooki, Coldplay, Charlie Sheen, Tyra Banks, and Diddy. And they reached 72 million people, Patrick. Did you know? But now you do. I do now, yes. Highlights from Cena and Henry's earlier encounter. I don't know why Raw does this, by the way. If you watch Raw, you're probably in it for the night. You're not going to need highlights from 10 minutes ago. 
but okay. Ricardo Rodriguez, he's an injured man. He's out on a crutch to introduce Alberto Del Rio in Spanish. I always liked Ricardo Rodriguez. I, I, actually, I do like Ricardo. He, I, that's why I, He was the best part of the act. Yes, he was the best part of Alberto. That's what sucks about with the scenes I was making the comment. I yeah. don't want them getting lumped into that. Del Rio defeated Swagger last night to defend his belt. Evil ref Scott Armstrong is the ref for this match. Immediately, the crowd, we want Ziggler chants. That's certainly something you don't hear anymore. No one wants Ziggler. Never. never. Well, no. Can't even say that. Not even against Reigns, dude. Yeah, can't even say that. (laughs) Del Rio hits a soccer kick to Swagger's back and sends Swagger to the floor. Suicide dive into Swagger, and he goes into the announcer's table, which will get a lot of action tonight. The crowd chanted for Del Rio for a second, but then immediately, we want Ziggler. So they change it up. Zeb cheap shots Alberto, and Swagger attacks Del Rio's knee. He just relentlessly elbows this guy's knee. Zeb chokes Del Rio behind the ref's back. More we want Ziggler chance. Naturally, a guy on a bad leg, what move would he go for? An insiguri, of course. <laughs> And that's what Del Rio does, but he misses. And that gets him locked in the Patriot lock, the ankle lock. Del Rio just sort of rolls out of it. It looked like shit. He puts Swagger in his arm bar over the top ropes and nearly gets himself DQ'd. He breaks it four, which why not just get yourself DQ'd? Because this match is a non-title match. It's a handicap match. You're hurt. Why not just get DQ'd and go home for the night? I don't know. We go to commercial break. When Del Rio is knocked to the floor, during the break on the WWE Active app, Del Rio was chop-blocked by Del Rio, so the leg keeps getting work. Swagger runs shoulder-first into the post, which, as I mentioned last week, is every match ever now. Running into the post. Del Rio hits a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, which is another great thing to do on your bad leg. Yes. Which was so stupid. Then, a guy with a bad leg, what does he go for next? Of course, he goes for the super kick and connects it to Ziggler, who, or not Ziggler. He connects his super kick to Swagger, who is on his knees, and gets an ear fall. Swagger counters the cross arm breaker into a belly to belly. We get the ankle lock again. Del Rio makes it to the ropes. We want Ziggler chance again. Del Rio counters another ankle lock attempt into the cross arm breaker. And this time, Swagger taps out. And right as he did tap out, though, Del Rio's shoulders hit the mat, so he nearly pinned himself. But like I said, why does it matter? It's a non-title match. Why the hell didn't Dutch climb in there and break up the, uh... What a lazy manager, yeah. Didn't kick him in the head or nothing? Hey, did you know Dutch Mantel would later be managing Del Rio? That's right, yes. I remember that now. Del Rio is rolling around in pain. The crowd is on their feet. They know what's coming next. It's time. It's here to show the world. Trainers tend to Del Rio. I'm here to show the world. As Del Rio's in the corner, Swagger's music hits. Ziggler's music, which we already heard tonight. It's also Big E's music. Bring it on. Hits to a huge pop. This place goes fucking nuts. He is marching to the ring with a vengeance. He's got Big E and his real-life girlfriend at the time, AJ Lee. He hands the briefcase he could only cash in on smackdown's title because this was when we had two briefcases floating around so no he wasn't going to be able to cash in on cena which would have been the the crowd if if he had cashed in on cena later on this evening the crowd would have went ape shit yeah that would have been a way bigger moment than this this is a big moment yeah especially for ziggler yeah but it would have been huge yeah 
career altering, probably. Absolutely. And we thought this was career altering at the time. Nope, not. (laughs) Not at all. So he hands his briefcase to Scott Armstrong. He says, Cash it in. Ziggler is fucking jacked. I forgot. You talk about change in five years? Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, this dude. He was hitting the gym with Biggie. Yeah. These guys were must have been training buddies because his fucking traps yeah. were enormous. Yeah. And so Ziggler is jacked, and he's just dancing around. He's got his little pink tidy underwear things going on. I don't know what all that was about, but... He's ready to just crush Del Rio as soon as he gets to his feet because you can't cash in before it makes it to his feet. Can only A match can only start with both men on their feet, right, Patrick? That's right. Even though this year when Baron Corbin cashed in, guess what? The guy wasn't to his feet. But. Well, let's also talk about what about when uh, we had to cash in during the middle of oh, a match, match that's 31. going on. Yeah. yeah. Both people weren't on the All three at that point in time were not on their feet. Del Rio. Climbs to his feet and is supporting his weight with the rope. And the bell rings. And as soon as it does, he crumbles to the mat. And Ziggler just smashes this guy. Famouser. One, two. But he kicks out. He's battling. On a bad leg. He's fighting. They're going to make Del Rio look good here. Ziggler misses a splash. Del Rio, the man with a bad leg, of course. Another insiguri. He he pulls it. He hits it. And the crowd boos. Both at the logic and, uh-oh, we're going to have a failed cash-in here. But he only gets a two. Only a two. The Izod Center is still on their feet. We get the cross-arm breaker to Ziggler. But Ziggler tweaks the bad leg to get out of it. Hits, hits a zigzag. zigzag. One, two, three. And your new world heavyweight champion. I'm only going to say this one time because it will never happen again. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> and the crowd goes nuts. This was an amazing moment because he hugs his girlfriend, Big E's in the ring, the crowd's going nuts, and we give it about a minute, and we cut away because fuck you guys, get out of the ring, The Undertaker's on his way. So The Undertaker is next, we go to commercial, Taker is in his, I call it the shredder gear, because it was the robe with the spiky shit on it, and he stands in the ring and he says, I'd like to dedicate match last night to Paul Bearer, my good friend. But guess which heel assholes interrupt him? That Roman Reigns bastard, that's who. (laughs) The Shield come down to interrupt a man dedicating a match to a dead man. The dead man dedicating the match to another dead man. The same man who went in the Hall of Fame that year, too, by the way. That's a heelish thing to do. I mean, all The Undertaker was going to do was just say... Hey, Paul, this one was for you. Thanks. No. No, we want to fight. So the shield surround Taker. We think we're going to get a big beatdown of Undertaker. Huh. No, no, this is the Undertaker we're talking about. He gets back up as Team Hell No runs in to back him up. Flames shoot up from the ring posts. Hellfire and brimstone. That's got to be Kane. He comes out, and so does Daniel Bryan. And the shield just tuck their tails and retreat. Way to get your top heel group over. Yeah. Just, uh, nah, we're not feeling it. Not tonight, guys. Then we get highlights of Ziggler versus Del Rio, which we saw literally two breaks ago. Okay, whatever. We go to Ziggler and his crew. He says, we deserve it. Josh Matthews says, how does it feel to win? He says, I know it's the Raw after, but this is my WrestleMania moment, even though it's on Raw, and I'm going to show it off. 
right. Okay. We're well, happy for you. Five years later. He know, wasn't showing anything he's off. He's not showing much off. Except selling cell phones. Now, a guy whose career is going much better is part of the next match. As three-man band is taking on R-Truth, Santino, and Zack Ryder. It's the job squad taking on the job squad here. What a terrible match to put on after all that. Oh, yeah. You talk about the WrestleMania 34 card being stacked wonky. Oh, yeah. Why not end the night with the Ziggler cash-in? Oh, because it's Cena. But it's Cena and Mark Henry. I just can't believe this. And this isn't the worst of it. It gets worse. (laughs) It does get a lot worse. You thought this was bad. You thought this was the piss break match. Oh, no, no, no. Stay tuned. So, anyway, if you'd asked me which of these six would be WWE champion one day, I probably would not have guessed Jinder Mahal. I swear to God, if I had to pick, I really would have gone with R-Truth. I probably would have picked, out of this fucking bunch, I probably would have picked Zack Ryder. Are you serious? Really? I'm not even that crazy. Yes, that's what I would have picked out of these six. How wrong I would be. The crowd is completely asleep for this match. We go right to the finish. Santino puts on the Cobra and connects with a Cobra strike to Heath Slater. And Santino and his jobbers get the win. This match sucked. There's nothing to say about it. It's terrible. We get WrestleMania week highlights. Uh, Did you? Okay. Perfect timing, ladies and gentlemen. Alex does not know who Caitlin is. Oh, I didn't see her in this because I fast-forwarded. What? I'll have to go back. What? Sorry, I fast-forwarded through this what? part. I didn't want to see highlights. I got so excited. I was like, he picked the show with her on it. I could point him out. I could point him out to her now. I was like, she can... Seriously? I'll go back and watch this part. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> it's just highlights. I skip God Bless America all the time. So I was That's like, true. You are a terrible American oh, for it's, that. Yeah. <laughs> Randy and Seamus are arguing about Big Show from last night and who gets the match. Do you know? Fans from 50 states and 34 countries went to WrestleMania. Now I do know. The Shield got a big win over Randy Orton, Big Show, and Sheamus after Big Show, guess what, turned heel. He turned. That's all you need to know. Big Show constantly turning. He turned on his teammates to no one's surprise, and the Shield got a win. They asked Big Show, why did you do that? He says... Maybe they turned on me. Maybe. Maybe I just wanted a tag. Nobody's taking his thunder ever again. Nobody. This promo sucked. And yes, they would be taking his thunder. But not his WCW thunder. That is newly on the network. You can get two years of that on the network. Sheamus grabs a mic and explains this to us again. We have heard the story of this match like four times tonight. We know what the fuck happened. I can't believe Sheamus had to grab a mic and tell the crowd what happened again. Randy comes out. Big Show is mine tonight. Who here wants to see me kick Big Show's ass? And it actually gets a decent response. The crowd hasn't given up yet. No, no, no. This match just can't happen on its own, guys. You have to vote. Go to Twitter to vote hashtag WWE Orton or hashtag WWE Sheamus. Oh, by the way, you have one commercial break to do it in. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, there is no way that the WWE could have tabulated votes. I don't think there was software available to them to get a percentage within the break time. Especially. Oh, no, this shit was rigged off from the beginning. 
Orton got 77% of the vote. So, you know, fuck you, fans. Oh, you wanted Orton? Well, fuck you. So Vicky comes out with Booker. Sheamus and Orton have to fight each other, and then the winner will get Big Show. So the crowd vote meant nothing. Booker and Vicky's decisions meant nothing. And now these two have to fight each other to get to Big Show. And now the crowd would be turning on this show as we are going to dedicate 20 minutes, 20 I'd say 30 minutes, of this three-hour Raw to this match. Sheamus and Randy Orton, two of the most boring wrestlers together. It's like mega powers explode because these guys are just so fucking boring. I like Randy. I, I mean, Sheamus, I've never... I hate to break it to you, buddy, but you just... You're way too fucking overrated. As the match begins, I note that a Fandango 1-0 sign is spotted in the crowd. His streak started last night, Patrick. It did. It wouldn't be lasting very long. Olay chants break out as the crowd is checked out of this shitty matchup. Randy Orton is so pissed off that the crowd is not respecting him because he's a dick and he thinks all his matches are the greatest ever. So he turns to the crowd and he's like, he gives it a look like, what are you saying? What are you doing that for? And he would do that throughout this match. Randy Orton For a guy that hears voices in his head, he lets the fans get under his skin in an instant. And he would do that in this match. The match keeps going and it sucks, so the crowd chants, Mike Kyoto. A Mike Kyoto chant started. Yes. Patrick, this was your dream come true. Yes. This is what you this is you want to work a match like this so that you get a Patrick Young chant going. I get one every time I step in the ring. Right. Randy huffs and puffs at the crowd again for chanting, fucking Mike Kyoto, fuck you guys. Then they ole again. Patrick, I note here, this might be a new contender for the worst match we've watched. It's in the discussion. (laughs) But it's the crowd reaction that actually saves it from, I think, getting my top spot. Boring chants break out, which Orton loves. So he says, you know what? You're going to shit on my match. Fuck you. So he locks in a deep headlock. Yeah, the crowd will love that. (laughs) Seamus Suplex is out of it. Michael Cole tries to explain the crowd. Michael Cole tries to explain why the crowd is reacting this way. because they're European. They don't understand, really. They don't get, you know, these wrestlers. Then Seamus locks in a headlock because fuck you, crowd. I can't do an Irish accent. Aight. 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 Arse. Arse. Kiss my arse. RVD chants break out. Nope. No surprise return of Rob Van Dam. Sorry, guys. Randy is so distracted by these chants. JBL again. I'm having a great time, my God. Then, as he's saying this, it's like on cue, JBL chants break out. That's how bad this match got, is that they turned to JBL. And JBL, like an idiot smiles and soaks it in yeah. and thinks that this is good. Yeah. And they cut to him. Kevin Dunn made a decision to cut the camera to JBL, which only got a bigger pop for yeah. the fans for themselves. Because they're seeing on the, ca- the Titans. They got ball. what they wanted. Yeah. So now they're like, okay, we got that. Michael Cole. No, Jerry. Oh, uh, Jer- yeah. Lala. Jerry first. So they want Jerry. And then the unthinkable. 
the unfathomable. That this is the one time ever. Michael Cole. Michael Cole. That's where we got to, ladies and gentlemen. We hit rock bottom. This made me laugh out loud. Yeah. I forgot all about this yeah. part of the match. I, I forgot all about this. I knew this was one where the crowd was wild or whatever and went into business for themselves. But I forgot the Michael Cole chant. This was one for the the record books. This is Michael Cole's greatest night. It was. In and the he mentions it later. Yeah. Yes. Then we get ECW chants. No, they're they're out of business, guys. The crowd starts doing the wave. And this dumbass, these commentators think that this is a good thing. They're like, oh, they're doing the wave. No, that means the product you have in the ring is so bad, they're going to do the wave. Sheamus hits his clubbing punches to Randy Orton, and the crowd actually counts along. Randy hits a signature backbreaker, but it's sloppy. Randy Savage chants as they want to revive. They want zombie Randy Savage to come back to life. Then we get a power slam to Sheamus. HBK chants as we want Shawn Michaels. He would also not be coming out. Orton hits his draping DDT and does his Viper thing. The RKO is blocked by white noise. Then we get Y2J chants. A little early on that one, guys. Sheamus sets up the brogue kick and goes flying over the ropes. Then Big Show comes out. To his theme. An interruption with a theme. I always find that strange. Big Show throws Sheamus into the post. So Sheamus wins this match by DQ. And then Big Show. Another thing we'll never hear. Thank you, Big Show. Thank you, Big Show. Maybe at his Hall of Fame speech. I don't even think he'll get it then. He hits the worst-looking knockout punch ever to Randy Orton, who refused to get near Big Show's hand. And also refuses to get knocked out, as you see <laughs> later on. Yes. <laughs> Big Show drags Orton out of the ring, throws him into the barricade. Now he's awake. Goldberg called him out on this at his Hall of Fame speech. Big Show spears Randy Orton in front of the table, the announcer's table, for a holy shit chant. That's right. But just for a minute. Then we get We Are Awesome chants, which is one chant that I wish would go away. I don't like that one. As Show throws Orton into the announcer's chairs. Then Big Show grabs the announcer's chairs and wants to throw them into the ring in a display of rage. But sadly for Big Show, his aim is off. The chairs do not comply. The chairs do not make it into the ring. This gets booze, so he tries it again. This gets booze as that chair doesn't make it. They... The crowd wants one more chair. One more chair. <laughs> Big Show, though, just walks to the back yeah. to booze. Yes. He couldn't even get this right. No. They show Jerry trying to talk to Randy. Oh, this gets some Jerry chants going as they see Jerry on the Titantron. They show the match graphics for... <laughs> and this... <laughs> the night is not even halfway over. They show the match graphic for the main event between Cena and Henry, and guess what? It gets booze. <laughs> we get a Just for Men gel replay of Fandango's almost debut last month on Raw, as Justin Roberts had to learn his name, but he didn't get it right. So He didn't wrestle. Nope. You, I will not wrestle till you get it right. Triple H is going to be on SmackDown. I'm sure he was pissed about that. <laughs> then, Johnny Curtis. Fondango comes out along with his huge, pro- oh my goodness, the production for this guy's entrance. Oh, yeah. They at, had, at first, they actually had potential in this guy. They had delusions. Yeah. The lighting rig on the ramp and the... The hanging tassels. The tassels, yeah. The tassels and the dancer with yeah, them. And yeah. 
here he comes to the ring and over the ring. Oh, you think Ultimate Warrior and Razor Ramon had good pyro over the ring? Oh, yeah. Dude. You have seen fucking shit. I was so fucking excited to see this back. I had forgotten that they used to do this for him. A giant Fandango cutout, like huge. Yeah. Over the ring, lights up in pyro. Wow. So much potential. I had so forgotten about that. It's crazy. Five years. Yeah. Time flies. Fashion police. So, Fandango last night, or Fandango last night. Fandango. He beat Chris Jericho, an upset special at WrestleMania. Kofi Kingston, SOS, coming out to fight him. Now billed from West Africa, not Jamaica, so this is very weird. Yeah, so he is actually from West Africa. Okay. Not from the islands of Jamaica. So that's weird. Jamaican me crazy, man. Or when the announcers would say that. Jamaican me crazy, Kofi. I hated that. (laughs) Jerry makes a joke about how to make a tissue dance. And this stupid joke. How do you make a tissue dance, Patrick? Put a little boogie in it. Michael Cole snorts at this joke. (laughs) Because of how bad it is. But it's... The only time I've ever heard it's the only time I've ever heard Michael Cole snort <laughs> and from laughing. So congrats, Jerry. You did it. It took you so many years, but you did it. Chris Jericho interferes, beats the shit out of Fondango. He shit cans Fondango out of the ring. It's odd that Chris is in his ring gear for a run in, but okay. Chris clears off the announcer's table. Throws Fondango's head into the monitor, then puts JBL's hat on JBL's head. Hey, thanks, man. But it falls off. Jericho puts Fondango on the walls of Jericho. The crowd loves it. Hits the code breaker. Then we get lion salt. Lion salt. But Jericho just waves it off. And he walks to the back. As the crowd just was not going to get what it wanted tonight. Nope. Other than that Ziggler cash-in, which for some reason was not put on last. Okay. Fondango, though, keeps his streak going. He's the winner by DQ. The dancing girl gives him the mic so he can say his own name. Fondango. The crowd sing along to his song, and then this is the invention of the finger dance, which would follow this man throughout his career. Still to this day. Yes. WrestleMania media coverage has shown, hey, look, people watch WrestleMania. They don't mention all the bad press that this show got because people had their views blocked in the stadium by those giant posts. They were not told in advance, your view will be obstructed. So it was bait and switch. A lot of people very angry. I think they had to give some refunds back, actually, to some of those people. Some of those posts were so big, though, that you actually couldn't see the ring. Right. You're there, but you can't see anything going on in it. Triple H, of course, last night had to beat Brock Lesnar. You know, out of all, no one else can. But Triple H can. Even though Shawn Michaels got a broken arm from the Kimura, uh, Triple H, yeah, he's fine. He's not a pussy. He'll like, be all right. It's like Shawn Michaels. Yeah, the doctor's like, ah, oh, you're fine. You like Shawn's new haircut, by the way? No, hate it. Okay. Makes him look ancient. <laughs> Paul Heyman is with Josh. Paul Heyman is with Josh Matthews, and Josh says, it was a bad night for Paul Heyman guys. 
Heyman puts over Lesnar and says Triple H is still getting MRIs despite us being just shown that he had a clean bill of health. (laughs) (laughs) Heyman says, yeah, Brock Lesnar will be back, but he doesn't fight for free. And then Heyman says, yeah, you want to talk to CM Punk? You can. You can. Next week. Next week. Boy, (laughs) this crowd is just getting (laughs) fucked over left and right. The Rhodes Scholars are out next. Damian Sandow with Cody Rhodes and his porn stash. Do you miss mustache Cody? I think he could bring this back. I thought it looked cool. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I liked it. They're out with the Bellas. They're taking on the Funkadactyls with the Funkasaurus and Sweet Tea as they were... Sleepmaster Tea. Tons of fun. Tons of fun. Ah, see. Tough. Yeah, making fun of weight. That's yes, not really... of course. Yeah. That's not cool anymore. It's not no. cool. You can't do that shit. Listen, this, some of us don't... Like, some of us aren't as easily laughable about that. This was supposed to be on the card last night, but got bumped. So, poor old Sweet Tea and uh, Brodus Clay had to wear their suits out tonight because they didn't get a WrestleMania payday. We go to break and join the match in progress as Naomi hits the rear view. We're already going to the finish. And Cody gets a tag. Naomi Hurricanranas Cody as Sweet Tea splashes him and hits a cannonball. Kevin Owens was watching at home. Kevin Steen was watching at home, I guess. Sweet Tea gets a double butt bump by the Bella Twins. He gets sandwiched between their butts as Damian Sandow gets a near fall on Sweet Tea from this butt bump. The, find, the Fondango song will not stop. It's been going on all during this match. The crowd has been chanting it anyway with the finger dance. One finger up, one down. That's all you need to know. It's the greatest dancing ever. It's the easiest to learn. So when you go out and dance. I do that. You do yeah. that, right? Okay. Yeah. You can do the Daniel Bryan yes, and then you can work it into the Fandango song. It's all fingers. Okay. It's all index. I'm just making pointers. sure that you're capable of doing it. I can do the Stone Cold also. Yeah, yeah. Brodus Clay hits a T-bone suplex to Damian Sandow, and the Funkadactyls clear out the Bellas. They sandwich Damian Sandow between Brodus and Sweet Tea, and then double splash him and get the win as there you go. Somebody call my mama. Michael Cole then looks like the biggest dork, even more so than the finger pointer dancers, as he tries to dance in his chair with the Funkadactyls, and he is terrible. But he says, guess what? It was a good night. I got a chant, and I trended on Twitter. So in your face, fuckers. So Michael Cole had the night of his life. (laughs) WWE presents Rockpocalypse, the mobile game where The Rock will save millions and millions of his loyal fans. This game looked like shit. You had this game, don't lie. No, it it looked terrible. You know what? I went on Google Play to see if it was still there. It is not. Oh, that's a, that's a damn shame. I was actually going to download it and test it out, so I could give a proper yeah. Because you know why? You're thorough. I, I'm thorough. I care about our fans, and I go out and I I do my proper investigation. So I was trying. Somebody gonna get the ass wiped. Somebody gonna get your butt right. Here comes Mark Henry. WWE Raw is brought to you by Domino's Just for Men and the film Gangster Squad. Available for HD download this week. 
The champ is here with his stupid shirt. This is the worst shirt he ever wore. It's the champ is here shirt with the arrow pointing to a fake belt on the shirt. And then on the back of the shirt, it says our time equal sign now. Get it? Everybody get it? Can it be any more clear? If Henry wins, he's the number one contender. He jumps past the rock on the ranking chart. That's pretty good. This is a good incentive. He should have really tried hard to win this match, but he doesn't. Cena, hearing the Fondango dance in the crowd, decides to dance briefly. So they boo that. Fuck you. You will not dance to our singing. Henry beats him down. Dance now. I'm sorry. Dance now. Henry misses a big splash to Cena, and Cena fires up, tries to take the big man off his feet, and he does with a shoulder tackle to same old shit chance. He tries the world's strongest slam on Cena through the announce desk, but he can't do it. We want Lesnar chance as Cena throws Mark Henry into the steps. One, two, ten. Mark Henry is counted out. What a main event. That's it. What a great main event. The challenger fails to get his number one contendership. Not only does he fail, he fails by count out. Uh, and then the fact that Cena took a count out win. Yeah, too. Yeah. By the way, just one third. Yeah, out the there. Iron Man match. Those guys were in there for 60 minutes. They refused. These two faces refused to win that way. Yeah. Here's Cena. Yeah, I'll just do that. In his defense, maybe he didn't know where the count was, Patrick. You weren't counting loud enough for him. So then, Henry decks him after the bell, gets the world's strongest slam, so Henry gets all what little heat he had back, I guess. Henry poses with the belt, then, feed me more. Goldberg chants break out, as it's Ryback. Spinebuster to Mark Henry. Talk about jacked. This dude. This fucking guy. He is jacked. Feed me more chance. Ryback. Oh my gosh, Ryback is over with the crowd. <laughs> this is another thing. My mind, my brain just hurts from all of this. He stares down Cena and to the booze of the crowd offers a hand. Uh-oh, he's still a face. He lets Cena pose on the turnbuckle and it really looks like Raw is going to end this way. Just shitting all over this crowd. As he turns around. But as he turns around. He gets a clothesline. Well, as he turns around, we get... He does, Ryback loves this Feed Me More chant because it's the first, I mean, who would have, Ryback has never had a chant in his life. Feed Me More, so he starts doing it with the chicken dance. Feed Me More, turns to Cena's face and does it. And then, yeah, he hits the ropes and clocks Cena from behind with a clothesline. Then he says, finish him, like Mortal Kombat. Hits the shell shock to Cena, and Ryback poses with a belt he'd never get. Ever. And we're out. The camera zooms in on his crazy face. It was a good visual to end on. As the crowd chants, feed me more, we fade out. So the ending visual was very good. Yeah. Of I have to try to find the bright spots here. There is no bright spots. The crowd is the bright spot yes. of this show. The crowd... The Ziggler cash-in, and I thought this ending part was pretty good. I don't even like that, but I just didn't really? like Ryback. Yeah, I mean, Ryback. Fan side of me just thought Ryback was way overrated. Well, yeah, and considering, I mean... He was Goldberg. 
Well, and looking back at it, knowing where they went with it, where I just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And, or he was, yeah, he was in that last man standing match that didn't have a winner. I hate those. Yeah. Those really pissed me off. Yeah. But Cena would beat him every single time. Ryback never got, never got a win back. Never. Yeah, Ryback. How about a, give me a win back? He's lose back. He's a big guy now. Yeah, he's just the big guy. No, he legally changed his name to Ryback. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. So he could use that. I guess if Ultimate Warrior can do it, so can he. Yes. He didn't want to be like Ryan whatever his name was. Or his original name in NXT when he was in Nexus was Skip Sheffield. Really? Yeah. Because remember, do you remember that weird promo he cut a couple of years ago right before he left? Like It was like three or four months before he left and... It was so strange because it, it, they never followed up on it or anything. But he comes out to the ring, and he's like, he's like enlightened Ryback. He's like, I read this book; it yeah. changed my life. Yeah. And oh it, yeah, he read the Secret, which is some like self help book that like Hogan's talked about in the past. He's like, I read the Secret and it really helped me. And I was Skip Sheffield, and my real name's Ryan, whatever. But now I'm Ryback. And then he just walked out, and like it was so bizarre. Yeah. And then he quit pretty much. Like they booked him in those mat. Those they got mad at him for calling himself the pre-show stopper. They weren't going to let him try to get over on his own uh, with those. He was in pre-show matches with Kalisto, like month after month, and he said, "Fuck it, I'm out of here," and he quit to do nothing to sell supplements. So you can grow up big and strong, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, and look like Ryback. This Raw was really terrible. I'm sorry. I thought there was more on it. There was a moron on it. It was me. I was a moron for picking it. But I thought there was more to it than that. I mean, Yeah, no, the crowd was the only thing about Yeah, this, this. started the, the rowdy Raw crowd thing after yeah. WrestleMania now. Yeah. This is what is expected. And the commentators every year now tell you up front, the crowd is going to be crazy. So it's no fun anymore. It's no fun when they buy into it. Yeah. They take all the fun out of it when they say when they go along with it. It's supposed to be disruptive. It's supposed to The show's supposed to be shit because the crowd takes over. That's right. the whole point. But they the company has played it perfectly and said, "Oh, you're just having a good time. You're you're express you're expressing your right to freedom of speech and we love it." Yeah. So there you go. But they don't like beach balls. They have curtailed that. They will fucking rip your beach ball to shreds. So so they don't like free speech all the time. Can't bring a beach ball to a show. Right. You got to sneak them in. Then they'll get caught. And maybe Cesaro might come out into the crowd and rip it up in your face. So you have to worry about that. So on our rating scale, Patrick, of this terrible show, Hornswoggle to the Giant Gonzalez, where would you stack this one? I'm gonna go with the Nicholas. Oh man, <laughs> the crowd was the crowd was with it. That's the only thing that made this a good show. It's a double Nicholas night here on the podcast. Yes, I'm going to go with a Bondongo. As I oh, thought, wow, this. you're going higher than me. Shit, he is. Well, he's actually kind of a tall guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's these, he's a pretty big guy. These rating systems don't mean anything, and. I really did enjoy the Ziggler cash-in at the time. I was excited for the guy. I thought he was a really great performer. I saw a lot of potential in him. The company yeah. did, too. Yeah. 
now it's just sad. Yep. That this is it. But by the way, kayfabe wise, and we we talked we've talked about this before. If you have the briefcase, why would you cash it in at any other place in WrestleMania? You might not have that moment. But you don't always. If you're a face, now he, Ziggler was the heel here. Correct. So he's gonna take the opportunist win or right. whatever. But if you're a face, you should want to cash it in at WrestleMania because you want to be a hero. And you need to schedule it in advance. You need to be kind and say to your opponent, it's a heelish thing to do to run out there unknowing, just like RVD did. RVD said, I'll see you at one night stand. When Mr. Kennedy had it, he said, I'll see you at WrestleMania. He never made it there. But he said, I'll see you at WrestleMania. Yeah. So I just think that Cash-ins not at WrestleMania, especially when it was the night before. And, I mean, apparently Del Rio's knee was injured in that match before because he was selling it so much tonight and he had the like he had the extra brace on or whatever. You could have gotten away with it last night and it would have been an even bigger moment on the biggest stage. But you needed something you know what for I want to see? Crowd. You know really what I want to see? What's that? I want to see a cash-in the Monday before Raw. Or the Monday before WrestleMania. Totally screw up the... Screw up the main event of WrestleMania. Because then they have to, you know, they have to throw some shit together. And so then it it just, and it becomes a storyline that builds up to the last fucking, it's, it builds all week. It builds during the WrestleMania pre-show. It builds during the start of WrestleMania until you finally actually know what the fucking main event's going to be. I think that that would be. I think you maybe need to do it two weeks before because you need a week to establish. You can swap it right back. Or how about this? Here, here's what I. Here's another scenario. Let's say like, like at WrestleMania 27, the title match goes on first. Yeah. You cash in, beat the champ, but he wants his rematch that night, and you have a rematch later that night. There you go. I like that. He ca- he he demands his rematch. Yeah, he's contractually owed a rematch. I mean, yeah. Del Rio's owed a rematch here. Yeah. So maybe you could do something like that. I'm just th- that'd be to, cool. I'm just trying to think of ways the briefcase hasn't been used. You know, yeah. But, there are different ways that they could or actually sell your briefcase. Like, oh, million dude, dollars. you know, if Ted DiBiase was still around, <laughs> he'd do that shit. I'll buy that. Because hell, that's what he did with Andre. He yeah. bought the damn title off Andre. Yeah. So. Not an officially recognized reign. It's unfortunate. Even though he worked the house shows as the champion. Yeah. Now, Patrick, I'm sorry I took us down this dark road, but luckily for you, you'll have two weeks to recover as we'll be off next week. But Yeah, we are taking off next week. So I want to make my week, our week back, a big show. Not the big show. Not please. the big show. Well, kind of. Okay. Okay. We're going to do a double show in regards of I'd like to cover the Andre documentary a little bit. Oh. Just a little little insight. Because you've seen it. I haven't yet. Okay. So I'd like to actually be able to sit down and watch it a little bit and, and cover it a little bit. But since it is kind of nostalgia, it's 25 years this past January since his passing, they, this documentary came out. This was his biggest moment. Why not stick with it? We're going to go to the small little city of Pontiac, Michigan, and what was at one time the biggest indoor arena in the history of the United States of America in the Pontiac Silverdome. And we're going to see the immortal Hulk Hogan finally defend his title against a true challenger. 
in the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant, at WrestleMania three. We are also going to see. Are you saying that the irresistible force is going to meet the immovable object? Yes. We are also going to see quite possibly the greatest intercontinental title match of all time in Ricky the Dragon Steamboat challenging Macho Man Randy Savage for the IC title. We were also going to get the rare chance of seeing Adrian Adonis. The late Johnny Valiant. Johnny Valiant. Killer Bees. All right. Just the the British Bulldogs. Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. We, we are going to see Rowdy Roddy Piper. We are going to get the chance to see the Hart Foundation. Dangerous Danny Davis. We are going to get to see the likes of Jimmy Hart. So many more. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the culmination of what this sport of wrestling is all about today. We are going to do birth of big shows, the very first, the very first indoor attendance record of 93,000 plus. We are going to WrestleMania 3. Well, that'll do it for this week. I'm not going to plug the websites because it's nearly three hours now. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bingo. What a courageous effort by Del Rio. But- He's going to cash it in with the money, the money, the big contract. He's waiting his time. He's cherry-picked this moment. This is it. We're about to have us a new champion. He's ordering it. Doctor's out of the ring. Hashtag Hard Body Red's got to call it.